Hello, and welcome to episode 91 of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the adjudicator, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. Man your own jackhammer. Man your own jackhammer. <laughs> <laughs> On this week's episode, we ponder who will be playing the Batman, get ready for Terminator 3, and discuss other news and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week, John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. But first, Al, what are we drinking? We are drinking a new Belgium, Belgian Reserve Sour Saison. It's a blended barreled aged farmhouse ale, bottle conditioned, 7% alcohol by volume, 12 fluid ounces. Jesus. <laughs> Dude's got the deets. Oh, I do. And it's deftly crafted over 15 months. This intriguing blend of farmhouse ale and barrel aged golden sour ale delivers esters of sweet honeydew melon, perfectly balanced with wild, sour complexity. All right. Jesus. Serve 40 to 45 degrees Fahrenheit. Sorry, man. We were off last week. I fucked up, and I didn't have a spin shoot sports show this week, so I'm raring to go. It's all good. I'm fucking excited. We saw Cody in Cambria this this week. I'm I'm jacked up. We had a good week. That's why you're manning that jackhammer. That's exactly right. I said man your own and then realized that it, your own wasn't the next line, and I just had to say it again. <laughs> no, you're thinking I was going to say stations. man your own battle station, and I was like, that's not it. No. No, I appreciate you putting in the effort, though. I'm glad you had so much yeah. fun. I'm glad you had as much fun, because I did. it always felt like I you've really been on the fringe myself. of it. I have been. Uh, they they play really well. Yeah, they do. They're very talented. They, um, they sure are. I'm all about those vocals. Yep. That vocal machine is pretty fantastic. Now, one of the things, um, completely off track, which is fine, that's what we do here. Uh, one of the things that you appreciated about the show was that they're just kind of down to business, right? Yep. It's just music on music on music. Uh, I was thinking about it a little bit more after the fact, and I, while I agree, like, yeah, you'll get, you're, you're going to get your money's worth if you're there just for the music. I do miss a little bit of that intimacy of the artist, like, speaking with the crowd and, like, really getting into it. And he said nothing. Mm-hmm. But the other guy was trying, yeah. and I appreciated that. Yeah, um, they've done it more in the past, and it, it, it's whatever headspace they're in. I think maybe sure. it's different with this one because it's the second time they've toured for this album. They toured last year with it, so they probably felt like they didn't have anything new to add about it. Right. would be my guess. But even last year when I saw them, they talked a little bit more, but not much. Um, I think it's just him and his personality, and I think he's just gotten That's to the fair. point where he knows... That he just most comfortable going up there and playing. Some of the other guys yeah. are the ones who have like the bigger personalities. Because like if you see them do like a group interview, he doesn't talk too much unless questions he's very are. He dir- seems like a quiet unless guy. Unless questions yeah. directed at him, like he's happy to answer. Like he loves talking about his stuff. But I think he. I think I'm guessing after all this time that since he drives so much of the creativity thing, he probably feels like because he writes all of it. Right. He writes the concept, he writes the comics, he writes the songs, everything. Um, I think he probably feels like he can be like domineering, like he's like his presence looms so large above the rest yeah, of the Yeah, like, like he's he's heard. So he he takes a little bit of a backseat. Yeah, that's, he sees the that's stage. That's fair. I will also say, uh, in my mind, since he didn't really say two words, uh, or a word, I don't know that he said anything. Um, but in my mind I'm just gonna imagine that his standard speaking voice 
is the same <laughs> as his singing voice, and that just makes it all okay. Did, did you did you see that video I sent you today of them? I did not playing one. Of, they did they did the gutter. I saw the. I didn't watch it yet. I saw the video that you sent. They, they did the car the, the gutter in the car with like acoustic. So like he like you That's you saw like he he said a, a couple of things in there. Like you can see a, like just a teeny little peek at like his own personality. Like because like he does get up and like get excited about stuff, but it's like sure. I mean, like, that's just his conduit is just to fucking belt it out during those songs and, like, jump around on stage a little bit and fucking rock, rock out on that double guitar. I'll be checking that out probably after this. Uh, it's very different from the concert that I'll be going to see on Saturday night, which is, like, very much talking to the crowd. Um, probably loses a song mm. in the amount of time he talks to the crowd, but it's it's always good. It feels like you're friends. It's it's nice. I'm excited. I just want them that's to be uh, comfortable with it because when they ramble and it yeah. seems like they're doing it just to fill space, it's like no, no, no you're losing me. Oh yeah, no, like, that's not good. Play you another song, that. but like if you got a thing to say and like it's gonna be funny or cool or interesting, then then go to town, man. I saw Kings of Leon at uh, I think it, at the time I think it was Sasquatch Bank Center. I don't know if that's what, it's still what it's called. It was in Camden, okay. and they it, it's a it's an amphitheater style. We were on the lawn, and uh, man. Zero personality. Mm. And I've heard that this might be off compared to other shows, and maybe it was just an off show, but didn't say two words to the crowd, stood completely still the entire time, and just played his guitar and sang. And uh, everybody on stage looked like they were asleep. Jeez. And it was very... It was kind of boring. Well, the one thing I'll say is I always get pretty lucky in seeing them. So they're from New York. They're from, like, up sure. there, like the, where they're originally is, like, 40 minutes from where I live. So when they tour, they typically start in the area. So I always get them at the beginning of their tours when they're really fresh. You know what I mean? High energy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, it, like they're not worn down by. We've been playing. We've just played thirty shows in the last like right, forty right. days. Like so. No, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so shall we try this beer? Absolutely. That you. I mean. You you gave it its due diligence. Oh, I did. You read the story. I was ready. Cheers. Cheers. Oh. Oh yes. Mmm. Mmm. That's gonna be a thumb up for mm. me, sir. Oh yeah, this is good. It better be because this shit was fucking expensive. But um, <laughs> oh no, this is good. I could tell as soon as I opened it too. I get that blast of like the fruity, like sour. I was like, oh yeah, and I was like, and, and you know, I didn't, I wouldn't have necessarily noticed it from the smell. But now once I read it and I tasted it, I can retroactively go back and be like, yeah, I totally caught that on the nose. That that whole the mixture of like the golden ale being in there. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I didn't realize this was blended until I was reading it while I was waiting on you earlier, fixing your fucking yep. broken camera. <laughs> oh my god, that was a disaster. But yeah, no, this is really fucking good beer. Against all odds, the night's turning around. This is great. Yeah, man, we had the good beer, good movie, be. good Cohen oh, Cambria yeah. concert, which I put a video of up on the Spinchune Twitter account, uh, nice. and I might put a few more videos up too when I think about it this week. If anyone wants to check those out, is it a video of the guy that was just? crushing it next to us the whole time i don't think that's the one i put on there but i sent that one uh, to alex and he's like by the way great job catching that crazy dude dancing i was like i didn't even catch like his top five best moves but yeah no, he but was he was he was the brilliant. real mvp of that show he was he he was having the most fun and i don't mean at that show i just mean in general he i think he has the most fun oh yeah as a human no being. he um his energy from start to finish, was unparalleled. He was the MVP. He was a real-live Jack Black. Second place was 
Macho Man Randy Savage lookalike. That was pretty ridiculous. Third place was... Silver Shades. Yeah. Did he have a tank top? He had the hair. Yeah, he had a pink tank top. Yeah, yeah, it was... Ew. And that the pants. Interesting. The pants, too. Oh, the pants. I got, Yeah, yes. That was what really sold that me on weird. the Macho Man thing, because I was like, is that guy... And then I saw the pants, I was like, he's doing a Macho Man Randy Savage thing. It was very bizarre. Yeah, it was weird. I, it, it was quite the crowd. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun, though. Third place is me. Summer stage. Third place Love is that. MVP is me, not getting punched in the face despite the fact that the mosh pit opened directly in front of me and I was pinned up against the wall. It, it was it was like it, it, you you like were I was the wall. You, it opened up at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was the wall. And as soon as this ha- as soon as it happened, Dominic and I both went no, nah. <laughs> and we just walked away. Well, you guys had space. I, I had people who were behind me who realized That's what was going true. on and. Forced me to not. He'll escape. save us. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you're large. I will hide behind you. And I was like, "Fuck right, you, fuck right. you very much." <laughs> you big tree. <laughs> oh man, this beer is delightful. I know. Right? I, I'm, it, I'm a fan. It's drier than most sours. It is, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, it's 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 really nice because it has um, those esters that they were talking about that you expect from a farmhouse and from like a golden ale, where it can just like get that residual sweetness that like sits on your tongue. But it's mm-hmm. not sickly at all. It's crisp at the finish. Yeah, for sure. Oh man, I, I, I'm a I big like fan. this one a lot. Yeah. This, also, like, it's picture perfect. I, I'll send you the picture later, and I will use it for the for the post. But oh yeah, make sure you use it. I not, like that for those that we've been doing lately. It it's not going to be the animated photo that it takes, um, because the animated photo is actually amazing, and you just see all of the bubbles dancing to the top. Oh, nice. it's, it's just it's just so it's picture perfect. It's oh my god, this this is good job, Al. I appreciate you. I like New Belgium. They oh, do good we beer, should man. we have to go back to reading our uh, our like our bubbles, kind of like you read tea leaves. Yeah, I got a little Idaho action going on in mine. <laughs> uh. I, Nothing up on the <laughs> side, up on the side of the glass, yeah. it looks a little bit like a whale. Like, oh, sorry, a whale diving like, out of the water. Yeah, like yeah a whale like uh, breaching the the water. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I like it. I'm a fan of that. Shall we start diving into some news and nuggets? Yes, let's not dilly dally, Mister Wick. We've got things to talk about. Uh, the first thing that I would like to talk about is the next Batman has been announced. Yes. How do you feel about Robert Pattinson? I'm totally good with it um you and me were talking about a little bit the other day when we were hanging out a touch yeah i tried not to dive too much into it figured we'd save it for the show yeah um so i can understand why a lot of the masses might be pretty hesitant about this pick because i I actually was gonna ask i haven't noticed are people annoyed by this oh a lot of people were uh not not everyone but generally the internet yeah no but i think at least in this case i can understand why because for a lot of people, the last thing they saw him in was the Twilight movies. That's and fair. you know what? Fair. Fair is fair. He, he wasn't good in them, but it's not a him problem. It's a horrendous script problem. Um, because have you watched those movies? I oh, have, judgment. I've seen the first one. Because uh, okay. it came out All at right. a time like, when my sister was a really big fan. And um, she, you know when she, when she was younger, she used to be sick a lot. Um, and yep, she, yep. she, she was home from school one day and she was bad. Like she had been in the hospital. Like she was, so she wanted to like, I was home that day. It was like in college, I had the day off. Um, so I sat down <laughs> and watched it with her cause that's what she wanted to watch. Okay. I, I can't pass judgment on the. I refuse to pass judgment on the movies because I haven't seen them. No, so. I've seen the first one. Uh, I saw like 
the first ten minutes of the second one. But okay. other than that, I haven't seen anything. Um, Fair but the first one is bad. Uh, it's very bad. <laughs> um, it's just so cliched in so many ways. It's playing up the angsty teenage romance thing to a level that is like it. Like you can taste it. Okay. And it's like sour and bad. Not Gross. sour and good like this beer. Like sour and bad. Right. Like, I, like I wanted to like brush my teeth. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. why, why does that phrasing make it sound so bad? Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> the fact, like the concept of it lingering in your teeth yep. is is disturbing to some degree. <laughs> not only is it disturbing, but the problem, what, why it's so disturbing, is because it's a hundred percent accurate. What I'm telling you are not opinions; these are facts. Uh, <laughs> but so the thing is, um, and what I was alluding to with you, um, we both saw a good time. We did it for this show. It was a movie yep. with. Robert Pattinson, it was the Safdie brothers. We, we too make mistakes. Some people um, raved about it, loved it, um, and I've yes. read those reviews. And, and some people are wrong. I've seen the fine. movie, and I've read those reviews, <laughs> and I still can't really reconcile those no, two movie, things. Absolutely not. No. Um, but his performance in the movie was good, which we said yeah, and, in... And my hatred for the movie makes me not want to give you that, but you are correct. Yes. Like, I can't argue it. Yes. Um, um, he did a good job in it. And on a yeah. much better note, for me personally, and I mentioned the movie to you, The Lost City of Zed, which was based on right. a true story that happened in the early 1900s. It was about British explorers uh, looking for this lost city of gold in South America. Um, really good movie. Um, it was like very low-key. Um, I was just intrigued by it because I'd never heard of this real-life expedition or series of expeditions. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. I might as well watch a movie about it. I was watching mm-hmm. the movie. It's Charlie Hunnam plays the the main character. It's, I think it's Sir Percy something. I don't remember his name. Um, and he's really good in it too. I honestly hadn't really seen him in much other than little snippets of um, what's what the hell was that biker show called that I can't Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, Sons of Anarchy that he was the lead in. Um, Look at me coming out with a name. Right? Yeah, I just totally blanked. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so Robert Pattinson plays the guy who becomes kind of like his right hand man on these expeditions. But when I'm watching the movie, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? He's got glasses, he's got a full beard, very quiet, understated, and I'm like, it's like this guy's like this role is interesting. So I looked it up while I'm in the movie theater. I was there was literally one other person in the movie. Savage. There was literally one other person in the theater when I was watching, so yeah. it's okay. You ruined it for that I one didn't. guy. It's not okay. I didn't. No, he was, it's not okay. He was sitting in he was sitting ahead no. of me, so he couldn't see I don't care. It doesn't matter. Um, You're the worst. And I was like, holy shit, that's Robert Pattinson? I never would have guessed. And he fucking crushed that role. Um, And he's been in a lot of other things over the last several years. Things that I should have probably had pulled up before I'm now stalling for time while I can look (laughs) up. In case you couldn't tell that that's what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's been in a lot of different movies over the last ten years or eight years or however long since the Twilight movies have been done. Um, Working with like a lot of like interesting or like artistic like directors like um, he was in The Lighthouse, which is getting some critical acclaim. That came out this year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's with him and Willem Dafoe. I don't know. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's 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 been in a number of things. I, I know, and I actually I've, I have no problem with with him from what I've seen. And I do think it's interesting um, that he's going to be in the next Christopher Nolan movie. Yes, which I was just talking and... about with some people tonight because I didn't realize we had talked about it a few weeks back when they yep. announced it. And they, they did you know they now titled it. 
Oh, did they title it? Yes, I didn't realize that. It's called Tenet. What did we get? T-E-N-E-T. Okay. Um, right. And they gave the briefest, worst um, synopsis ever. And like the first line of it is like... The plot the is plot currently is unknown. unknown. <laughs> the project is described as an action epic revolving around the world of international espionage. I, d- it doesn't matter. Let's go. <laughs> I still think it's wild that the release date is 13 months from now, and we still know fucking nothing about it. It's just Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan's peeps... And it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, but the, I, I do think, I, I am curious, and I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that, that, that that's part of the reason that he's playing Batman. Um, yeah, well, he, it seems like he's finally, like, snapped his fingers and it's like, okay, I've done my, my art period of movies for, like, many years now. I have banked a ton of fucking money through the Twilight movies. Now I can go back to do big things if I want to again. Like, and I can mix sure. and match whatever I'm going to do. Um, so, like, that's... That's cool. I'm looking forward to the Christopher I would Nolan be curious one. I'm looking forward to this. To know like what if if what and if he had a helping hand in this. Um, but don't really care. I think it would be kind of cool if he's giving him an endorsement. He's having him in his film. He it made the last successful Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> let him. Well, let's let's go with this guy's good ideas. Let's yeah, go. so I'm I'm totally fine with but this anyway. casting, especially everything you hear is that this the this Matt Reeves so version is going to be a. A younger, more low-key, less superhero, more detective-y type of Batman. Yep. I, it could totally work. It's just like, they, you, do you look at him? Does he have the Batman jawline? He does. Okay, we're, we're there. We're halfway there. Because <laughs> the character people doesn't People were up in arms with... when Christian Bale was cast, and look how that went. That's true. That's true. That's true. People are up in arms generally about everything. Well, but also, I mean, at the time, like, Christian Bale was a nobody, kind of. Like he, I, I guess, with the Machinist came out while they were shooting. The Batman Begins, right? There were some frightening pictures from that movie, and that got him some acclaim. And yeah, because that was the whole story, right? He said he had got, lost a ton of weight for that movie, and then gained a bunch of weight to put muscle on for Batman Begins, right? Mm-hmm. Um, although he still didn't really look like he put on enough muscle until the next one. Yeah. Um, but up until then, like he was known for like newsies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, oh and, and voicing Thomas in Pocahontas which at that point no one actually fucking knew that was him oh my god that's hysterical I didn't know that <laughs> that's amazing uh, it, regardless I this this lights lights the spark a little bit I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes for the Batman I, I love the title of the movie the Batman the Batman um, we'll see what happens yeah I mean, it it could easily be terrible. Oh, sure. But maybe it'll be good. But it seems like people like Matt Reeves. I, honestly, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I, the, in the conversation around it, it seems like people like things that he's done. Yeah. Uh, let, let's move on from the Batman okay. to Terminator 3. Terminator 3 again? Again, yes. <laughs> you know, I had this uh, as a note from... Our last episode, which we didn't get to because we just did Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. um, the two new trailers. I'll just lump them in together, and we can take them whatever order you want. Sure. The, sure. the Rambo Last Blood trailer, and oh my god, I did not did not see that. You didn't even know that was a thing, because I didn't get around to like mentioning I... it on the show because you told me like, no, we're just doing Game of Thrones. Christ, uh, <laughs> it's ra- it's called Rambo Last Blood. I mean, you know what? Good for you. As, Good for you. As long as it's the it last. Out. Rambo. Well, you know what they have. Last blood. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it live. We're gonna do it live again. We're doing it right now. Well, get ready yeah. for some more Old Town Road. 
Balboa Productions. I've lived in a world of death. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I can't take it seriously. <laughs> this is just, these are just stock images from Logan, right? <laughs> God. This is all these years I've kept my secrets. But the time has come to face my past. Why? You're you're fine. <laughs> There's nobody around you. <laughs> There's people. They will welcome. It seems like he's looking for them. They drew blood first. He will draw last. He just shot a bow and arrow and a car exploded. <laughs> I hope that's bad editing, like 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 lie editing. I hope it's not. <laughs> I hope that's what we're getting into. Oh my. Oh, so... He's all full of bullet holes. Yeah. Or some sort of holes. Got it. Last, like, so he'll die, right? Hopefully. I mean, that, that's mean, but, it, it, like, to put to put it to bed. I mean, it is Last Blood. It is Last Although, Blood. Although, to be fair, uh, the first two movies was First Blood and then First Blood Part 2, so why can't there be a Last Blood Part 2? Oh my god, there's totally gonna be a Last Blood Part 2. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is... Yeah, that doesn't look good. Uh, no. We'll see it. We'll uh. see it. I'm making that happen. Okay, before we get um, into Dark Fate, because I just want to get past the Rambo thing as quickly as possible. I just want to make sure, sure that sure. you've been tainted with the same last oh, I appreciate that I have. It. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. I did not... I was unaware of that entirely. Before we get into Dark Fate, I just yeah. want to mention that I, when I saw it, uh, it was like thumbnailed in a tweet. Okay. And it was a picture of Linda Hamilton r- walking or running down a street with a gun. And Naturally. it said, trailer... Dark Fate, but it didn't say Dark Fate. It was clipped, so it said Dark Fat. Yes. <laughs> yes. Terminator Dark Meat. No, no, Dark Fat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So let's talk about that trailer. Which Why was it both... clipped? I, okay. I, I yeah. Let's talk about the trailer for a couple reasons. One, I appreciate I appreciate going back on the mistakes. And trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. You want to do Terminator 3 again? Great. You need to call that Terminator 3, though. Because other people are going to be confused. No, just, unless, just call unless it Terminator they 3 do again. Something, unless they do something within the movie to retcon the other movies. And actually reference what's happening. Then they need to, they need to be very clear about what this is. Otherwise, it's just confusing. Well, they've been... Like shouting it from the mountaintops that that's, this is a sequel great. to two. This is a sequel to two. Everything else doesn't matter anymore. Blank slate, guys. That's great. That's us, though. We get that. We're not the average moviegoer. Have there been how many Terminator movies have there been? Because I was hoping that again they could do roughly it. seventeen. Well, I was hoping it was eight because <laughs> they could do Dark Fate with an eight again oh. and make up for Fate of the Furious dropping that ball. Okay, hang on. Let's, let's we got Terminator. Terminator 2. 
right, Terminator 2 Extended Cut. <laughs> Terminator 2 Director's Cut. Oh, Terminator 2 Liquid Metal Edition. Oh, my Terminator God. Terminator 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, I'm, I'm, this is another one of the, This is one of the movies. We're going to get up to 15 Batman. this way. I, I own a lot of Terminator 2. <laughs> you love that movie. I do love that it's movie. It's a good movie. Uh, it's a fantastic movie. It's one of the best movies. <laughs> uh, and then there, and then the rest of them came. And the third one, I mean, sure, I was I was young and I enjoyed the action. And now going back and rewatching it, it's no bueno. But uh, not great. Uh, Salvation, I believe, is what followed that. No, and Terminator I, Three. Yeah, then Salvation. Yeah, Terminator Three. Salvation was Christian Bale and Sam Worthington. Yes. Right? That one I remember enjoying. I think that was actually a decent movie. It was okay. Decent. Decent. Yeah. That's it, not, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> it was good. It was good on its own. It wasn't great as part of the Terminator series. Oh, yes. Perfect. Uh, then there was the one that followed that. Genesis? Yes. The one with Daenerys. Um, Daenerys, yeah. And uh, the guy from Planet of the Apes. Uh, yes. He played John the Connor. New, the new, um, but yeah. Jai Courtney was the. It was the two leads were right. Was Jai right. Courtney and Amelia Clark? Forgot about that. Yeah, because there was there was always got to be two, right? Yeah. Be, yeah, that one was not good. No. Although I I did kind of dig that Jai Courtney was technically the damsel in distress most of the movie. That was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it, that that movie was silly. Uh, I, I, that being said, three, Salvation, Genesis. Discard them, make a new movie, bring Linda Hamilton back. Awesome, very cool, cool concept. I'm on uh, board with the concept. Trailer's not great, bad trailer. Uh, yeah, should have done better. Uh, but I, I'm excited to see a true sequel to Terminator Two. Yes, that sounds exciting to me. Um, that being said, I, I still, I don't understand why they're not naming it Terminator Three, unless, like I said, unless they're going to do some sort of retcon within the movie. Well, I, they are, but the thing is, I don't, I don't think they can name it Terminator Three because there already exists a Terminator Three. There's multiple movies of the same name. Hmm. Batman. But. That's the only Batman. No. What else is named Batman? The one from the 60s? I always forget that there's a oh, movie. Oh, no. Never mind. That's Batman the movie. Yeah. Shit. But, You're right. You're right. But doubly so, I always forget it's a movie. I just remember it as the TV well, show. hang on, though. But Terminator 3, colon, again. That would have worked. <laughs> we could have done that. I wasn't kidding originally when I said that because you do need to explain to people what's but happening. The, the thing is, though, when they do it, it has to have a voiceover. No matter where you're reading it or seeing it, it has to have a voiceover. <laughs> and it has to be the voiceover from Tropic Thunder, the fake trailers at the beginning, when they're doing the... the was it Scorcher? Was that what it was? The, the movies that Ben Stiller yeah. was in? <laughs> yes. And it's Scorcher... It was like Scorcher 6. You know, the Ice Age. He's you're coming to save the world again. <laughs> it's, it should be Terminator Three again, and then they cut right back into the movie. But it's it's Linda Hamilton from the second one in her dream sequences, and she's just screaming as she's bursting into flames. <laughs> uh, I I want it to be good because I love Terminator Two so much. Yes, I. I do need to temper expectations. You know what always confused me about Terminator 3? And that one, I believe, is... Is that subtitled Rise of the Machines? 
Hey, okay, so you can call it Terminator 3. <laughs> yes, it is called Rise of the Machines. Um, the thing that always confused me about that one is I remember watching it when it came out. And I was very familiar mm-hmm. with the first two. Um, oh, yeah. It confused me because it felt like it was a soft reboot, even though it was a direct sequel. I didn't feel that way. I don't know. The way they did it, it was like... It felt like it was meant more for people who had never seen Terminator before than for people who were fans of the first two. Like, the way they were reframing and re-like... And it's been a long time since I've seen it, because it's a bad movie. Um, But the way... I feel like I remember the way the narration went. And they've always done a little bit of narration to give you the backstory or whatever, but like... Sure, sure. It felt so tailored to people who had never seen a Terminator before. Well, I... How many years had passed? It had to be... It was ten years. Ten years, yeah. That's that's why. I guess. They're it's just, trying to revive it. It was just... Uh, I just remember being confused. I'm like... Because like, I feel like even some of the stuff like didn't even necessarily 100% agree with what happened in 2. So maybe... I don't know. Maybe it was referencing some direct, director's cut or liquid metal cut or whatever that you just mentioned before. <laughs> <laughs> um, the question... So, you said they are. You said they are going to retcon things within the movie. That they have are, said are you, that this is eliminating everything. That no, I know. The first two. They are saying that, but are they going to put that on display somehow? Uh, I, Otherwise, you. That's what I'm saying. That's why the well, title it, is it won't be a retcon. It's just wiping the clean. Those things just don't exist anymore. This, this Are they going to open up the movie and be like, the last three Terminator movies didn't happen? What about the Cersei Chronicles? Did, <laughs> uh, did those happen? I don't know if those were ever technically canon in any Are way, shape, or form. I'm okay with the, with disregarding the rest of them. I just I need to know what to expect going in. I'm telling you what to expect. Those don't exist anymore. End of story. I, yeah, I, okay. I, I can I can accept that. Okay. But. It sounds like another person, another person that doesn't that isn't this close to this, and maybe saw one of the three sequels that came after two. Is is going to be like another one? Like they're just going to say that's what they're going to say. How about this? And I will pitch it directly to James Cameron. Terminator I, I have, three, another one. <laughs> I have his I have his direct line, and I will get on the Perfect. phone with him as soon as we're done. James Cameron, please give us an opening title card scroll a la star wars that says terminator dark fat in a time of (laughs) in a time of near future post-apocalyptic approaching post-apocalyptic situations all of those apocalyptically bad movies that came place after terminator 2 judgment day the liquid metal edition don't exist scrub them from your brain dot 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 pan down over a spaceship to a planet, zoom in, Terminator Dark Fat. Okay. Okay. I'm down with that. We made that happen. Uh, <laughs> Anything that'll get you to be, be okay with the fact that we're... Or be okay on behalf of the people who may not... I, that's okay. the thing. Uh, yeah, for me, it's great. <laughs> because I have the context. I'm concerned about... You have too much context. I, I do have too much context. I... Well, I had shared with you, I came across my Arnold Schwarzenegger notebook 
when I was cleaning out my parents' house. I did share with you some excerpts, did I not? <laughs> uh, I think you sent me some pictures, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's, it was an entire... It was basically the Arnold Schwarzenegger wiki page Actually, before Wikipedia I, was a thing. I don't even remember <laughs> if you sent them to me. I think you just told me about them. I just read them? Did I read them to you? Uh, I think... Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I remember that it was a thing, but I can't think... I can't remember any of the content. It became very clear to me that uh, it was not my handwriting, which means that I asked my mom, as a child, to write these things for me. Wait, seriously? <laughs> so that I could read. Oh yeah, it's in her handwriting. Tremendous. Yeah, it's my it, little notebook. Is your mom's handwriting the exact same as my ha- mom's handwriting? Uh, all uppercase letters. No, I guess not. Some no. of them are shorter and makes them lowercase. I don't know why I felt like they have the exact same handwriting, but maybe I was wrong. <laughs> Her handwriting never ceases to amaze me. Uh, anyway, dark fat, we're in. That's probably going to be that. That's probably the next movie. Wait, when does that come out? I have no idea. Oh, I was going to say it's not. It's, then it's not actually the case. I Spider Man will be the case after Spider Man. That'll probably be the next movie with our orchestrated introduction. We're gonna do. We're, go, we're going to sing that song 100. percent We're gonna sing the Terminator theme song. <laughs> can we just do the? I was gonna say, can we just do the the T2 metal? Yeah, absolutely, 100. You can do that. You'll do that part, and I'll do the falsetto. I didn't know that there was a falsetto that was part of it. Wah wah wah. <laughs> all right. Instead, our intro music from now on is just going to be you doing all the falsetto parts from different Coheed and Cambria songs. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> if you have an effective falsetto, you can replace Michael Todd um, and his grenade-related antics um, and do the falsetto <laughs> from Coheed and Cambria. Sign songs. me up. Um, can we go to a different trailer conversation? Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> can we talk about That's... the Death tra- Stranding trailer? Yeah, we can. Because we should. What in the holy fucking shit was that? Yeah, that was if you batshit crazy. It's ten minutes long. What the fuck? Yeah. How is that a trailer? It's a mini movie. Yeah. I watched an episode Just of Death Stranding. Tighten, tightened it. Yeah, yeah, you did. You, you absolutely did. Uh, that that trailer is a uh, Daniel Tosh, comedian Daniel Tosh, had, did a skit a long time ago where he talked about how you try to explain a dream to someone and you just sound like an idiot, right? <laughs> Oh he's my like, god, it's so accurate to this trailer. Right? Yeah. You're you're he's like, and then I'm walking through the sea of marshmallows and the man made of str- like it. Yeah, like, I remember that this, one, yes. Yeah. Um that's what this trailer uh, I, the trailer ended. I watched it by myself. Uh the trailer ended, and I was just like, I Well, I'm glad you didn't subject Kim to it. I don't I but I feel like I needed a buddy, you know? Like I needed someone to talk to. And then afterwards I just well, I just kind of reflected it. on it for twenty minutes. <laughs> Just in a dark room, just thinking about it. I, yeah, I just didn't. It was, and I was. It was in that moment. I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna PlayStation again." Like I, I need to experience this game. First of all, let's regardless just, of let's if just it's set the not. stage for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about. Okay, guys, good luck. If, if you, yeah, <laughs> guys, if you've heard of Guillermo del Toro before, this is the most Guillermo del Toro, the content of a thing could be, in the 21st century. In that CG game, although Toro is in it. <laughs> well, not only that, but just the whole fucking the spider webs of Black Death and also babies. Yeah, it's and what? It's really Kojima. It's well, yeah. well, no, but the, the thing is, it's Kojima unleashing Del Toro. <laughs> it's Kojima unle- Death Stranding. Kojima unleashed. 
Del Toro. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's, there's two colons in that. <laughs> no, because it has the fucked up, ridiculous, fever dream, horror aspect of the Del Toro thing, including weird usage of babies. That guy yeah, had a baby Bridge in babies. the tube that was he was using it as a, a lantern, I, I guess, of some sort. Um, no, it's a bridge. He's a connection to this up to the other side. It's both. Um, That's fair. <laughs> and it's the Kojima Metal Gear Solid, like, polished sensibilities of 2019. Um, and for those of you who don't know who Hideo Kojima is, he's the video game, he's the, the Metal Gear Solid games, and I'm guessing a whole bunch yeah. of other ones. And he is a genius. Yeah, no, an evil genius. Both of them are. Yeah. Um, and I, first of all, I appreciate... If you're going to do a creepy trailer about a creepy game and you need creepy music, Apocalyptica is a good place to start. Why were there just 90 second sections with none of the song and then three minute sections with the song back on again? Yeah, sometimes you got to get that Norman Reedus vocals. Sure, but some of the Norman Reedus vocals were over the Apocalyptica song. Yeah, I don't know. But then yeah, also... Not my trailer. It felt like they just... It felt like someone was supposed to be splicing the song over the trailer. And... Like, was eating a sandwich and leaned against his computer console and he turned the song off for 90 seconds and then was like, oh shit, fuck. And he like clicked it and turned it back on again, but didn't backfill the part I'm, that was missing. I'm going to tell you right now that every piece of that was intentional. I know it and was. Going, and going back after you play the game and... I imagine it'll mean something. I know. Uh, and he's like a galaxy brain, brain 4D chess guy. And he, like yeah, the fact that they released he's it. He's crazy. The, the date they released the trailer was the same date that Albert Einstein made some revelation. And that the equation that was part of it from Einstein was on some dog tag that was being carried by the Norman mm-hmm. Reedus character or something like that. Like, I get it. It's all crazy. It's all it's crazy nonsense. It's, it's so me, me, it's so meta that it makes Deadpool look like a babbling <laughs> a babbling idiot. Like I get it, l- yeah. But like, let me, let me, what let me the paint fuck? a picture for you. Let me paint a picture for you. Metal Gear Solid: Phantom Pain comes out, and I'm very excited for it. Oh, I, I heard about that whole rabbit hole today. What the, the fuck? The Metal Gear Solid games and the well, originally what came out before was almost like a it was like a forty dollar game. It was called Ground Zeroes. It was like an introduction. Uh, shit goes wrong. Time passes, leaves you in the beginning of this game, which was actually a really cool concept. I liked that. Like it was like a a single large mission uh, game was Ground Zeroes. Yeah, that, I remember you was, that me break. About that when it was awesome. Out. It was really cool, cool concept. And then the game starts off. Now here's here's what's fun. Brian and I, Brian uh, of Spin Tune fame, uh, Brian, Bri- Brian and who's, I, Brian who's batshit crazy. Now we're speaking of batshit crazy things. Batshit crazy manifesto. On civil behavior in New York City, was that on the Spinchoon today or yesterday Excellent. when you're listening? Excellent. To it, so. Do yourself a favor. Read uh, so, so Brian and I decided we were really excited for this game. We decided we're going to play this game uh, on chat. So like we're you know single player, like we're going to play the story mode, but we're going to play it with our head our headsets on, communicating with each other, trying not to spoil anything, but like kind of be in sync, get through this together because yeah. we weren't. So we're playing the game. Uh, the intro to Metal Gear Solid Five: Phantom Pain is. A good hour <laughs> of not what the game is. That's a long so, intermission. You are you you like wake up in a hospital. You're you're trying to escape. You create a character face, which then doesn't really mean it. That's a whole multiplayer thing that didn't mean anything. It was weird. Anyway, uh, I can't even explain to you. It was a long time ago. Can't even explain to you what happened. The reason this is seared into my memory is 
you try to escape the hospital, things are going wrong, there's people coming in, they're trying to kill other people, they're trying to kill you, I imagine, and you're you're creeping through, no, again, this is like an hour long, there's like cinematic cuts within it and all this, by the end of it, you're in a jeep, you're flying down the street, I believe I have this right, unless it was in the building, it might have been in the building, but regardless, doesn't matter, the crazy thing is, a giant fire whale <laughs> comes out of nowhere, and I still, I never finished the game, I'm gonna go back and finish it, but I don't know that it matters, or that I will ever get an answer to what the fire whale was, but it just like, kinda, fire whale jumps up out of, I believe, the ground, and just kinda slams down. Go, just go watch it, <laughs> it's worth, it's worth a watch, uh, and then, just understand that that is not what the game is. <laughs> and it, it, it's all very confusing. And then I was like, when do I get to play the game that I bought? <laughs> and then after that, it finally started to, to, to get into it. And it ends up being an incredible game. It's, it's so much fun. Uh, but I will never forget that. <laughs> I played a very little bit of Metal Gear Solid 2. And I remember thinking, because at the time I didn't own a PS2. I was playing it. I think I was playing it on Thanksgiving one year. Or no, Super Bowl. Nice. Super Bowl when I was a kid. <laughs> um, but it was like a few hours before the game started. And someone brought their PS2 with the game. It was when the game was like new. or it was like If not brand new, like it had been out for like a couple of months. Okay. Um, and I was like, this is the most ridiculously over-the-top complex thing I've ever seen before. I was like 11 yep. or whatever it was when it came out. Uh, this is cool as shit. I'm not equipped to play this game. <laughs> nope. No, 100% not. Um, not equipped. I this this game is insane. I kind of want to try it. I don't have a PlayStation. I, I, by the time oh yeah, we'll we'll play it year, together. I'll find a way to get my way towards. I feel like it's probably gonna be a long game. Um, but I oh, yeah. the, uh, the the one like overarching thing that I think is really cool is um, the effort that they've made. And some games now have made a pretty good effort now to get like really good casts into the game of like mm. voice actors. Well, and you got like, your boy Mads in there. When they so. had mo- um, big Mads Mikkelsen fan, we're both Norman Reedus fans. Guillermo del Toro, Leia Sado, Margaret Qualley, who I had no idea who that was until the past couple weeks because I started watching The Leftovers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think there was one nice. other person whose name I recognize. Um, it just seems like a cool project. It seems fucking absurd. The but game's going to cool. be wild. And here's what we should do. And what I'll I'll try to I'll, I'll work, coordinate with Brian, coordinate with you. Uh, maybe we'll we will live stream the game. Okay. We do uh, have a Twitch. Reg- We've only used one time. Yeah, yeah. Brian. Oh, actually, huh, there's a somewhere in the archives of the internet. There is Brian and I uh, housing White Castle and beer, playing through. Oh crap! What was the name of the game? It was like a horror game. It was it was awesome. It was a horror game starring Remy Malik on PS4. <laughs> uh crap i can't think of the can't think of it but anyway uh it's on it's, it's on youtube somewhere was it mr robot the game no no it was not but there's a uh was it not there's a point where brian kind of starts to drift off and i just i something startles me it's like a squirrel it's not even anything serious and i streaked <laughs> like like loud <laughs> and it, it was it's ours it's chris joins the stream at one point it's just a whole thing like i I'm pretty sure there were watches too, and I was like, "Who, who watched this? <laughs> it was it was ridiculous." But if we do this for uh, Death Stranding, we'll break it into chunks. Oh yeah, because uh, there's no way we're gonna do this in one night. Or if we do do it in one night, we will cut <laughs> we'll cut it down into multiple episodes. But it, I think it'll be worth doing. I, I think the three of us trying to understand what's happening will be gold. It'll be gold, Jerry. <laughs> 
Gold, Jerry. Gold. gold. Uh, I've got a nugget. Okay, go for it. My nugget, I, um, there was a night of whiskey. And I was <laughs> yes, to me and Brian are very familiar with your night of whiskey. And he, I, I sent you the menu of what I drank. Because I did that drink sounds... a menu. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't uh, sound like so, tastes very good. Uh, and I did not know this this little fact. How many minutes is the MCU? <laughs> um, it isn't it like it's like forty six hours or something, isn't it? It is just shy of three thousand minutes. Fuck you guys. <laughs> really? <laughs> and like the like they're they're talking there there's like uh hints that like maybe that was that part of like the joke a little bit with the love you three thousand. Uh, uh but if so, just well done. <laughs> just keep leaving things for us to find days, months, years later. That's what I want out of this. Yeah. Oh my god. I still I'm still riding a slight high from seeing Endgame. I'm confused about... Did I black out? How did that tie into the Night of Whiskey? That's when I was told about it. What? <laughs> that's that's when I was told about it, and it's the only thing I retained. Oh, okay. I I You really scared me no, from my own no, insanity part. I'm like, did I black out and I missed the, the five reason minutes I of conversation? This... Because the last thing I feel like we were talking about, I looked up at the screen real quick because someone scored a goal in the Stanley <laughs> Cup final. And now we're talking about Endgame? What happened? <laughs> and I'm, glad, I'm glad you're confused because this is this that was the setup, and here's the reason. I have notes that I took from that night, <laughs> and I do need to go back and check what they mean. There's people's names, and I don't know who they are, and I imagine I didn't spell them right because googling them didn't. yielded no results. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you remember the conversation that you had with me and Brian about you being on the train wasted after your night of whiskey? That I, that I remember. I was focusing on explaining it to you so that I could stay A, awake, and B, from throwing up. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, it sounded like fun. Um, it was a good time. Yeah. It was a good time. Yeah, it was, it was all of the whiskey. <laughs> it was all like, it. it was a number... Of whiskey, scotch, and bourbon drinks, and a whiskey flight. Like it's too much. <laughs> it was kind of <laughs> like when we went to the whiskey tasting. Oh, well, that was a lot of whiskey. Uh, but there was, there, I had a really good short rib sandwich though. It was, mm. it was delightful. I could go for that right now. Uh, give me uh, th- those are my news and nuggets. Give me uh, the rest of yours. Uh, okay, I have a nugget that's kind of a news, and then a news that was news like two weeks ago. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say a news that's kind of a nugget. <laughs> <laughs> like, sh- uh, let's go with the the bigger one, the, the meteor one. Um, so did you did you see the dark fat? Yeah, the dark fat. <laughs> <laughs> did you see the news? several weeks ago that was like brand new at the time that we were recording our last episode but you silenced you me down. <laughs> yes yeah. i didn't get to it uh that laeta calagritis is going to be writing a knights of the old republic movie uh you're gonna have to give me more on that name uh you're <laughs> 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 gonna make me say it again uh laeta calagritis she yeah that is doesn't a writer okay um i mean it's a name that if you see it, you're like, oh, I'll never forget that name again because it's 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 a name. It, I no, mean, it's you're not a... you're not really helping me much. What what <laughs> what is the name attached to? <laughs> I what? I it, said it's a... she's writing. She is writing. Yeah. 
a Knights of the Old Republic movie. Yeah, but you said the name as if I would have known it. Oh. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you've seen the name, you would recognize it. Um, she's done a bunch of things that I will now bring up. Again, I should have had this ready. Uh, okay. she, she wrote or co-wrote Shutter Island. Oh. She wrote Alexander. Oh. She unfortunately wrote Terminator Genesis. Oh. She, she wrote Alita Battle Angel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But the one that you see this roller coaster around yeah, together. Yeah. Well, so, so the thing is, um, when I saw the name, I was like, I know this name, but why do I know this name? Because those things didn't come to mind. What came to mind, and what got me excited about this pairing, is she created and wrote the first season, or co-wrote whatever the first season of Altered Carbon on Netflix. Okay, I know you were a fan of that. I was. So sign me up for. A Star Wars movie with those sensibilities. Yeah, I know. That, you said Knights of the Old. You, you. To be clear, I was sold on the Old Republic. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, pairing that sort of situation, like, uh, like uh, golden age of Star Wars, Republic times, Jedi's and Sith and all that fun stuff, with yeah. the sensibilities of the person who brought to life from the page, um, altered carbon. The first season of that show was nearly as batshit crazy as the Death Stranding trailer. Uh, Ooh. And I... I'm listening. Yeah, I very much <laughs> enjoyed it. It's fucking weird. All right. Weird as shit. And I'll be honest, not all of it really made sense. It's fine. But I was okay with it because it was entertaining as fuck. Wow. I'm going to have to... I, I will have to... That's a ringing endorsement there, sir. I will have to give that a watch. Uh, it is a show more so that because I'm this. You... I'm very interested in old Republic stuff. So. Yeah, it's it, honestly it's one of those shows that maybe is more fun than good, but okay. it was a lot of fun. Well, that's fine. That's that's perfectly fine. Um. So yeah, I was excited by that. Uh, I don't know when that would approach being Ooh. on a slate. It sounds like that is behind in priority to the Benioff and Weiss one and yeah. the Ryan Johnson one. But it sounds like. She has been tapped to pen the script for the first of another trilogy, huh. but there has after there was an initial reporting. It seems pretty solid reporting because it was, it was Buzzfeed, Buzzfeed News, but they cited three sources on this story. So it sounds like it may be in the very, very like nascent planning stages of this. So it could be that it's somewhere down the road, or it's gonna be the one that kind of fills in between. Because as of right now, the Star Wars slate is. For December of every other year, after right. this one, it'll the next one will be in 2021. It sounds like this one could possibly be made to be in the in between times, or I don't know because there hasn't been any further confirmation. There hasn't been any denial about this story, and everyone ran with the story. It could be that sh this that she's doing it could be part of one of those other two projects. I don't know. No one knows yet. Let me ask you this. Does episode nine bring the final title curl? It's possible. Because I don't think they should do that. I think they should I think they should keep using that. Well, the only reason I'll say it's entirely possible is because our only other two non saga movies didn't have it. I, well, right, but they they seem to be a little 
iffy, right? With some of the decisions after that. So maybe I, I, I just I like I love the we had we had context though. Well, we I think that really I think that they more. made it pretty obvious that they wanted there to be a clear delineation between the right, way that right. those were treated. Well, don't call them episode. X. Well, what I think... Uh, bad example. I'm not saying... Definitely don't call it episode X. That would be 10. <laughs> that would be very confusing for people. <laughs> what I could see... Them, I'm not saying I have any sort of insider information. I've seen this listed or reported anywhere. A what longer if, time ago in a galaxy just a bit further away. <laughs> and actually, it's just completely unrelated. <laughs> actually, I don't remember. They, they didn't do that for the other two, right? The, the blue text a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. You know, I don't remember. I don't think they did. I, um... What I was going to say is, could you get uh, just a title card with a blurb mm. sans the whole theatrics of the scroll with the classic Star Wars theme? Could you get a compromise where it's, we're getting the spirit of that thing, but it is a distinctly different execution? I think, yeah, I that would be interesting. I would like that. If they... I would like just something that sets the stage because there's something novel about that. The way they did that, like it, it gives you like a, it, it's just a, it's just so Star Wars. It is iconic of Star Wars to give you, they, they basically giving you the first page of the book, and it's completely captivating. And then it's like, and here's the rest. And then there's some crazy thing that happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing is when you when you're talking about Rogue One or mm -hmm. Solo, we don't need that whole context because right. we already right. have a pretty good idea of what's going on, right? Exactly. Because it's such a specific targeted thing and it does exist between the lines of what we already have. That's why I think they will give us something of the sort because we will have no context going in. And that would be what my intuition would say as well is we get some sort of compromise of those things, right? Where it's, we're not getting ba -ba -da -ba, but as we have yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the yellow text come up and scroll up. But could we get some sort of like blank screen, a, t a little text wall that sets the stage. Maybe we get the new theme for the new trilogy playing over it or behind Dude, it or something that's like cool. that. That's cool, yeah, yeah. Or even just dark, ominous tones, mood music. Cause like, and that's a more generic title card thing. You've seen it in a lot of movies since Star Wars has existed, or even before right. that, actually. Technically, older movies have had that sort of thing, oh, too. Yeah. Now that, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. It'll be, yeah. it'll be good. But I just thought this was an interesting... Uh, mostly, oh, yeah, it, absolutely. Now, the one thing I'll say is the last time we had this conversation, this sort of conversation, was when Lord and Miller were tapped to do Solo, and I'm still disappointed that that didn't work out, um, mm -hmm. because I, I thought that those two were perfect for that sort of project. Mm -hmm. um, and I still think that you see some of those things existed still in the movie. Sure. I, I haven't actually... Yeah, they didn't re reshoot the whole movie. Yeah, um, but I, I still haven't re-watched that since it came out. I'm going to be watching it soon-ish when we get to... Because that'll be the next one after Revenge of the Sith that mm. I watch with my sister. So, um, okay. so I, I, the last time... I, th I still think that that could have worked. It just seems like they didn't have the skills and personality to be able to manage the actual execution of the project not the movie itself. Sure. I think that given the requisite skill set, they would have been able to make a really cool movie because they are the perfect people to match up with that sort of like zany heist movie with mm -hmm. like uh, a, a roguish character with a personality, right? Like 
a young yeah, a good heist movie. Yeah, so I think that could have worked really well if they yeah, could have I, managed I the you. behind the scenes day to day work, and that's really what got them fired. Was that it? Sounds like was that they they couldn't manage such a big production. The giant machine. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and fair. and who knows? I mean, she's just she's just writing this. Uh, they haven't done any sort sure. of thing about directing. I don't. I don't think she would be directing it as well. It would probably be a director with it. And that's why I wonder if because the, there had been rumors for a while that Benioff and Weiss would be doing right the Old Republic. I wonder if this isn't actually a separate trilogy, but rather right, it's part of that. It's part of that. She I is would. going to be the lead writer, and the two of them managing the project and it's the three of I them. have a feeling that that's what's going to come out I because guess. I could see how that could be a really cool process yeah alright what's your uh, what, what, what's your, you have one more you said right yeah I had one more it was something you and I discussed briefly uh, before I left the other day uh, but I want to talk about it again in a little bit more detail did you get to look into that show Good Omens that I mentioned the other day uh, no I haven't um, so that looks Really cool. I think it just came out this past weekend on Amazon. I do want to watch it. You, the pitch, the sales pitch you gave me was 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 wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So I really want to get to this. I'm probably just gonna wait until I'm done with the leftovers because I have like one more episode in the first season. There's only two more yeah, okay. seasons after that, so I'll probably like it'll only take me another week and a half or so to get through that, and then I'll probably mm-hmm. just tackle that. It's I think it's five or six episodes. It's a limited series. I don't think it's supposed to have any sort of backup. It's based on a book that was co-written by. Uh, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, who are really famous sci-fi writers of the last 50 years or whatever. Terry Pratchett's on the older side. Um, I th- at least I think... Is he, th- he was the one who wrote... Um, what's it called, wasn't he? Uh, that was a really bad way to phrase that. <laughs> what the hell was it? No, maybe I was wrong. I thought he was the one who wrote um, that show that... The, the, the books for... Um, what became the show that was on MTV? And I guess I was wrong. MT- MTV. Yeah, it was weird. It was a weird what, time. What, I want to know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was weird. Me and Dominic watched it. It was on MTV, and then they shifted it over to Paramount. Um, when? And I to- it was like two or three years ago. I totally can't remember the name of the fucking thing. Oh, Shannara Chronicles. That's it. Okay. Um, I I can't think of who the fuck wrote the book. So I thought it was Terry Pratchett, and I guess I was wrong. Anyway, it was a book co-written by uh, Terry Pratchett and. Uh, Neil Gaiman, um, and so there. It's it was a book about. Well, I'll see what they have on the, the synopsis here. A tale of the bungling of Armageddon features an angel, a demon, an eleven-year-old antichrist, and a doomsaying witch. <laughs> so David Tennant plays the demon. Michael Sheen plays the angel, and the two of them, you know, naturally set apart from each other. They're supposed to guide the apocalypse, the Armageddon, with. The Antichrist, you know, the whole thing with God and the devil, and the devil has the Antichrist, and the Antichrist will become a human child, and then he'll bring about the end of the world, blah, blah, blah. But the problem is that the demon and the angel, this is what I'm getting from watching the full extended trailer, uh, the demon and the angel kind of like the deal that they have on Earth. Okay. And so they seek to derail the Armageddon so that they can keep going about the things that they enjoy on Earth. (laughs) It sounds fun. And it turns into this, it looks like it's going to turn into this kind of like madcap caper of like, you know, oh no, we lost the Antichrist. Kind of a little bit of <laughs> dogma in, in, in it, you right, know what I mean, right. like they lost God. Um, and so Francis McDormand <laughs> plays God in this, and um, John Hamm plays the Angel Gabriel, and I think Michael McKean might play a witch, or a witch hunter, or something like that. Um, 
And there was someone else in this who was famous who I'm losing now as I'm scrolling through the thing and I can't remember who it is. Um, oh, and there's the... It's got the four horsemen of the apocalypse and everything. I think the four, the four horsemen of the apocalypse are... Brian Cox is one of them. He plays Death. I think it's just the voice of him, though. <laughs> okay. And there's a few other people. You know, death, war, pollution, famine. There's, you know, the whole thing. The The trailer is, again, just fucking crazy. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to have to watch it. And yeah. I, it's just going to be this, like, five or six episodes, six episode run. Uh, it's on that, Amazon that's Prime, what's appealing. Yeah. Is the, it's going to be short, short quick. Um, and, like, David Tennant, we fucking, like, everyone loves him. Like, he's, he's phenomenal. <laughs> and, I, and I love Michael Sheen. Um, yeah, uh, and I think you enjoyed him when we watched Passengers, right? Uh, yes, he, he was the android yes. guy. Yep, yep, yep. He was great. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited to watch this. Probably in a, in another week or two. Nice. Yeah, maybe uh, we could actually we won't be able to since it's only a six episode thing. We could probably pull off an episode on that as well if we wanted to do that. Well, so I figured, or we could kind of choose a week where maybe we do like we did with Game of Thrones. Just that. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Cool. Uh, any other news and nuggets? Nope, that's it for me. I just thought that I wanted to highlight that because I'm going to watch it. It sounds like you're going to want to watch it. I'm going to watch it for sure. And yeah. it sounds like the type of thing that, that our audience might be interested in too if they haven't seen yeah. anything about it. So I would gather. All right, let us dive into our Flick of the Week. John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. Super assassin John Wick is on the run after killing a member of the International Assassins Guild, and with a $14 million price tag on his head, He's the target of hitmen and women everywhere. That's the IMDb synopsis, which we're getting back to reading. Uh, just get just more of this. Sure, just keep doing it. It's <laughs> like I don't understand why it's working, but it's working. I my my tweet length review. Do you have yours? Um, Are you gonna come up with it on the fly? Yeah, go. I will give you mine. Mine is uh, a, a genre onto its own. This combination of intense action, rules, consequences, world building, and camp continues to be even greater than the sum of its incredible parts. Okay, that is probably too long for a tweet though, I'm going to guess. No, it fits. Oh, did you put it into a did you put it into a tweet to see if it I would fit? A character count. Nice. Um, what I would say a little bit more colloquially than that is um, continues to raise the bar visually and thematically in a lot of ways with even more and more dramatic fight sequences. But somehow doesn't feel as natural as the first two due to the three distinct acts feeling like three separate parts of a movie not three cohesive parts of one movie i will give you i will yield that that's that's fair um one of the things that is interesting to me about this is the nature of the titling of these movies the chapters (laughs) uh specifically because you can't watch this without seeing the other two no I think that's a re- that's a bold move. Well, it's, they, what, but- it's what we said in the first one of our first episodes. It was amongst the first ten episodes we did was John yeah. Wick, the John Wick series as it stands, John Wick one and two. Um, right, they are chapters of the same movie. The chapter S- nomenclature is correct, and again, it's incredible with this. It, they are an anthology of one whole story. It is a it is a unique and bold thing to do, though. Today. Yes, and I appreciate that they 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 don't. I think that's one of the things that's amazing. They are, they're laser focused on what they are doing, and like they've created this form, and they're true to it. Right? They're not they're not making compromises. It doesn't seem like they're not trying to give you any more to pull in more audience members. Like they're like we know who's going to watch this. This is for you, 
and and frankly us like whoever whoever made like the people that made this movie they wanted to see this movie like there's no there's no other way around well the funny thing is is in exactly the opposite way from what i was just talking about earlier with terminator 3 Mm -hmm. this movie you said you'd have to see the first two i actually don't think you do um i think you probably could sit down and enjoy this movie enough because they give you enough of what's going on without it ever feeling pedantic. That's that's fair. And the honestly, the plot, more than anything, of go here, shoot that, yeah, is pretty basic. And well, what's... No, and it, it fits like it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's actually not a knock on the movie at all. It's they stripped it down and said, what is the most essential thing that we need to say or do for the next 15 minutes of movie? And then they do that thing. And then they take the next 15 minutes and they do that thing. And that part of it all feels mostly organic. Actually, kind of with the exception of this one. Um, any of these movies you could really just jump into. And you'll, you, I mean, you'll be a little confused. But it yeah. would be no different than the way that life used to work. Where you would jump into like an episode of TV. And I was like, mm, I don't really know what's going on. But... It, no, the, that person's married to that person and this person doesn't like that person and okay that was a funny joke or that was a cool thing and like let's just but go with it I, and like it's all internally consistent i think if you dive in at two or three without having seen one or two depending on which one of those routes you chose uh, i think if you do that though you will it it'll be entertaining enough you'll think it's good but it won't be this incredible the incredible thing that it is you won't have the connection to it Right. But I think you could watch it without being totally lost. And I think you can get enough of it because so much of it is just meant to be visually stunning that you could just sure. enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, I don't know that you'd be sold on the series from... I, you might be. They do They do, do a good job. But I, I don't know. It's And the, the, I guess that stuff is so subtle that it doesn't seem like... Like, it doesn't seem like pandering, like you said. Like, it's just... They're just... They, they they do weave it in really well, but if you are if you are in this series and you are watching, it's like it is really like it's it's made for you. This is fan service at at its best. Like this is like this is a good thing. The way which, which is funny thing. because basically the whole series is just fan service. Yes, it, it's just that it had to create its own fans first. You know what I mean? Like like another What's... thing like like you have a fan and it's like okay like further we go down we have to pay off the fans that have stuck around right right, right. this created its own demand for the supply to then fill so cool <laughs> absolutely the oh it's crazy the uh, yes and the with with like with that i'm i'm sold right you re, you keep doing these i'm gonna keep going and yes i'm gonna keep buying them and and loving them um even if they have if they have half the heart that you've been putting into these i'm sure they'll be great i uh, you know what though it was missing a little bit of heart one specific could have been a moment in time's bit of heart. What's that? Tom Sadowski wasn't in this movie. You're doing names again. You know how I am with names. Don Kiefer. Great. Another name. You know who Don Kiefer is from the fucking newsroom. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> how is he not Don. in this movie? I love Don. <laughs> um, 
It's your oh, favorite guy with your favorite line from that entire show. Oh, God, that show is so good. It is. <laughs> no, we're not going down the newsroom rabbit hole. I know, we always uh, do it every time. Uh, but, no, but we, how did they not have him? And he was in the first two. It was one of the great yeah, bits oh, that's, of connected that's tissue. I, for, I actually forgot. Yeah, he was He was pretty... Well, I guess it's because they, on the run, he was not by home. And nah, he was a local. Away. He was a local cop. Just, just like a cut to some sort of news story, and he's like, shit. <laughs> it could have been that. It could have been... One of the many, many dead bodies that someone could have, a TV person could have been interviewing a cop. That cop is him. What if, what if at some point in the movie he comes across him and he's threatening him and he's like, you too? <laughs> Listen, there, there doesn't have to be a cheesy way. The fact that he's not in the movie is a big miss. That's the, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. The, uh, what's crazy though is, so we're on the third movie. There's, they uh, before I saw it, I had, I saw the post that there was going to be a fourth one. Um, there will yeah, be. Yeah, I didn't realize that until the end of the movie. I was like, oh, so. That, but although I do realize that, I did realize that when it was first announced, they said this will be the final one. I guess we should that, spoilers, guys. Um, at the end of the movie, or they had been walk, they had walked that back silently, or just stopped promoting the fact that that was where they had originally gone with it. Uh-huh. Because by the end of the movie, it's like, oh no, they're gonna do another one. I bet you they wrote out a decent amount of it, and they were like, "We want to do more," and just change that up. But what's interesting, like we're approaching, like the if we're getting into fourth movie and just continue story, right? Like it again, just like the second one, it just starts right after the last one, like which is incredible. We're approaching an like an entire se- season of an incredible TV show. <laughs> like, well, like I that's... will say though, the way the way that it, the ending of that one was teased, we may get our first pause. Like, yeah. this seemed like it would set up, uh, and so maybe that are they going to do that sort of thing, where it's like, we have a trilogy unto itself, and then maybe we'll do another trilogy? They may have to, we'll get into that in, in the in the spoiler territory, but yeah, they may, they may have to pause. Speaking of spoiler territory, do you have any, uh, anything else before we get into spoilers? Nope, uh, I'm good, let's do it. Alright, let's do it. Okay, so we are in spoiler territory here, folks. That means we are going to go all in on this movie, because there's, there's a lot to discuss here. Uh... Mostly around characters, because this movie is built on incredible characters. Yeah. Now, I have... More, I guess more so than the first two, right? More so than the first two. Um, there is there is a miss in this list, and we will get there. Uh, and It's unfortunate, in my opinion. But we're going to start off with Keanu Reeves. Uh, he... It's it's silly to say this, but I feel like it has. he is this movie. I don't know what he is doing... Or how he is doing it, but he just—I—I I could not imagine another person playing John Wick. Well, for such a minimalist performance, in the sense that he has so very few lines. Yes, it's incredible that the whole movie is on his shoulders. All three movies are on his shoulders, and he carries them ably the whole time. Yep. Yeah, it's it. It is. I love that he. He's become the legend of his character. <laughs> yeah, you know what it, like the and I. What I love about this movie and all of them, everybody knows who John Wick is, right? I do love the callbacks Pro- to Babiega. Like I think probably that, too many people know who he is, but in so many good ways, it does get a, it gets a little. A, there's a little bit of extra comedy and extra camp involved in this one, but it's it is a lot of fun, and yeah. it's just it is crazy. Like I I. The, up until I saw the first John Wick movie, or maybe the second one, let's say, you know, it was always in my head. I I I attached him to Neo. I always thought 
Neo. Well, it's funny. Most of my life, he was always what's his name from Speed. Cans. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. But uh, yeah, because I, I, I didn't I didn't get to the Matrix movies until I was a little older. Um, that's fair. But now, yeah, I, well, mostly just because I've seen the Matrix movies a bunch of times and I've seen all three of them. There's just so much more of that role. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree. I but like it's basically fifty fifty. One because it's, of like longevity and one because of like total volume. It's rare to be to create or have that many defining characters, right? Yes, you'll know you'll recognize him as the guy from Speed because that kind that kind of movie was special when it came out. You recognize him as Neo because I mean, holy shit, it's the Matrix. You recognize him from Bill and Ted, like it. it you, he's he's completely become these characters. Plus, there's over a the million years. people who are probably screaming at us right now saying, "Well, I hope a million people are listening. I'm sure they aren't." Uh, but there's a bunch of people who probably would be screaming. Well, no, he's from Point Break. Like he's he's Johnny, right. He's Johnny Utah. Like <laughs> uh, uh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Like the thing. Like he fully becomes the character. Like so, the point where you remember his character names almost before you remember him, which is really like good on him because he gets made fun of. People they jab at him. Well, but he's he's he's, he's come, been laughed at, but he is very good. He's fully crested the mountain where. Instead of people like laughing at it, the whole like comedy of that situation has become a part of the larger image. Like it's now like there's no longer people laughing at him; it's laughing with him. Like he's become yeah. he's transcended it and become larger li- than life. Like people want him to be that now. Right? <laughs> it's 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 crazy. And I mean, just more power to him. He absolutely commands the role. I love it. Absolutely love it. Also, his, I mean, I know that he's, uh, he does a lot of gun training and stuff like that. It is, it shows, and it is incredible how fluid those action sequences are with him. Yes. It's absolutely unreal. Uh, and also, next... also, I, I, to, to give a credit to, considering he has so few lines, his physical acting, he looks like he's been beaten up for the past three weeks, which is what has happened. Oh, in, yeah. In the canon of these movies, right, is it's a couple of really bad weeks. That's really funny. Like he like is not running cleanly the way he was in the first movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's, which is he's kind of meta because shambles. he's just he's <laughs> what six years older. You know what I mean? He's right. had a lot of physical roles over the year. He probably is a little bit beaten up. Yeah, it, it's just it's so crazy. Like he, he's uh, uh, pulling that off is is incredible. And yes, like yeah, he is tired, right? He and he need he's supposed to be. Like you said, but there's a one really silly thing to me. Uh, it's a it's almost in the vein of uh, an Endgame joke with uh, uh, Captain America. No, no big spoilers here. But the Captain America. If you've seen Endgame, if you haven't, it's not gonna spoil it. If you've seen Endgame, the joke is, I could do this all day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, and that that joke, I feel like kind of they had their version of that with, uh, it's just a dog, and he goes, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because we've heard it a few times yeah. going back to the first 15 minutes of the first movie, right? Like, Yep. Uh, it's 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 great. Uh, moving on from Keanu. The possibly best, my favorite character, Winston. Oh, a lot of people love him. Ian McShane, even though he's in so little like doses most of the time, like he just owns whatever you ask him to do. He commands the screen. Yeah. Uh, like he's so captivating, and I just don't. I if you put anybody next to him, and he's he's just gonna eat up everything. It's just this weird like swagger 
Yeah, and like, like the piercing gaze too. Like I don't understand. <laughs> well, that, there's that too, which is just kind of like you know, it's it's uh, he's got it's the blue eyes, it's the you know the piercing like gaze or whatever. Like he somehow he finds a way to look down at you even though he's quite short. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Like it doesn't totally. feel like he's uh, part of it is that he stands with incredible posture. Great stature. Yep. Um, but you know he's just got this like swagger that feels earned, even though I'm not entirely sure what it is that he's done to earn it. Um. And he's, like, just very charismatic in a way that, like, you know, he's what anyone who's ever done the fake it to make it until you make it thing. Like, he is, like, the avatar of that, right? Like, it's like, man, I wish I could be one-tenth as confident as he sounds. Yes, I completely agree. <laughs> Forget about yeah. I wish I could be. I wish I could just sound one-tenth as confident as he sounds at I... any point in my life. Let's let's put this into perspective. We also, uh, I'm going to jump ahead to uh, uh, the Bowery King. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne plays an over-the-top thespian, right? That's the character that he's playing. <laughs> yeah. And it's almost as if he's trying to be what Winston is. Yes. <laughs> and that's it's, that's what's so funny about it. Which is funny because Lawrence Fishburne also oozes confidence in oh, most absolutely. of his roles. Absolutely. But yes, here it felt like he's putting on airs a lot. No, You know what it is? It is good acting. He's yeah. playing a guy... Who wishes to project a certain image of power? Who realizes how tenuous that power is? Mm-hmm. Unlike Winston, who has real power and doesn't quite seem to realize how tenuous it might be. Yeah. Uh. Um. And because that, yeah, like that whole line, you know, I am the king. You know, yeah, yeah, I am the king, and the king is me. And when I go, there is no new king. Or I know I'm paraphrasing a yeah. little bit, but like that whole that whole line defines the character. Yeah. Oh, and then I mean, it's a it's a line used again and again in movies and TV shows over and over. It the the king is dead, long live the king. But his delivery of it is fantastic. Like well, it's that, yeah, that too. Well, the <laughs> thing is, that it also reminded me. He also, even though he didn't say it, it felt kind of like a nod to uh, Omar from The Wire. You know, come at the king, you best not miss. Yeah. Um, and the adjudicator didn't miss. Uh, <laughs> not one well, of those. Not one of those seven times. Oh, uh, true. True. Um, Seven that, cuts, motherfucker. In that, yeah, in that in that scene, I was like, "Oh, is he dead?" <laughs> I was confused by that too. And actually, that is one of the few real problems I had with the actual structure of the movie. Um, and I, we can come back to characters in a minute, but I just that's long good, cuts. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, the thing is, um, I was a little confused. It seemed like the movie itself was a little confused mm. with what it was doing, right? Because we we. We were, we were introduced first to Winston in the first movie. Then we were added the Bowery King in the second movie. We now have a third power player right in Angelica Houston's character. Um, the director. What was that? The director. Oh, is that is that the name of her role? I honestly yeah. don't even know. There you go. The director. Um, we are now introduced to a third power player in New York City. And each of them have crossed the high table. And yeah. each of them has to answer. And that's what the adjudicator is there to do. Is to mm-hmm. get the answer as to why it is that you're going against the high table knowing what it is that you're courting you're courting certain doom for yourself and the adjudicator says to each of them you know you you owe you serve under the table and i did like kind of that that became its own kind of meta thing right under the table yep um and they say each of them you have well for the first two the bower king and for winston you have seven days to to set your 
affairs in order and then you'll be replaced. And right. then they come to the director and the whole thing is squeezed into one conversation. You owe fealty. I'll offer fealty. Stab you in both your hands. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, okay, your price has been paid in blood, literally. Yep. And you've been properly chastised and we'll go on with business. But the other two are being told they're going to be replaced in seven days. But then so, it's, we're going to come back and I'm going to extract my price from the Bowery King. And it seems like we've killed you, but no, we haven't. And then it's, the seven days aren't up, but we're going to put a hit out on Winston. Yeah, well, okay. So I will, let, let's take these a piece at a time. Uh, the Bowery King, I, I believe the reason they slice him up is because he did not vacate. Sure, but the, the point was... It, it never they never acknowledged the fact that seven days had passed. Oh, uh, that, okay, that's that's fair, and I don't know that seven days have passed. They didn't. That's why yeah. I was saying it, I was confused, and it seemed okay. like it internally was confused with itself. And I will. I, here's what I will uh, point to: is the there was this interesting thing going on in the movie where it seems like the high, they call themselves the high table. What yes. I uh, it the adjudicator shows. Uh, fear, occasional fear, and it seems like they are afraid of John Wick. It seems like they think that they might lose control, and they are acting a little bit more sporadically than they should because the whole movie is about actions and consequences, right? Yes, constantly they, brought they up. Literally or, say in the movie, yes, uh, at least seven hundred times. Yes, <laughs> and, a little bit too on the nose. Yeah, but it. There is a little bit of a of like a handshaking in occasional scenes, and it, it makes me wonder that like where this is going. I believe that what it's going to is like eventually they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be operating on fear and they're gonna fall apart because of John Wick. I suppose so, but the thing is, at that moment in time, they know that John Wick has escaped mm -hmm. because they've gone to the director. They know the director gave him passage. Right. So. That's the time where you can breathe a sigh of relief and set your affairs in order, as they came to do. Well. Like, that's the moment that should be of least panic. They they know where they've gone, because word filters, right? Sure. Sure. But they he's, also have He's to on the other up, side of the world. They do have to clean up a little bit of the mess and make an example of people. Like, I feel like that's... It, I, sure, but the, the whole way point that was I, the, the making an example of was at seven days you step down and whatever quote unquote step down is is, is it a euphemism for you're going to be literally put up to pasture? You know what I mean? Right, but then but that's why I think that they are shaking in their boots a little bit because of the fact that they end up killing a whole bunch of the Bowery folks and going a little bit too heavy on certain aspects. It makes me think that they're they're freaking out. Yeah, they it know. Did, it did seem like they came in a little too strong. And I like think that. that's intentional. I do think that that will, that will come to a head in the fourth film. Probably. Um, there certainly needs to be a reckoning. The sure. adjudicator leaves. The head table is left not quite satisfied, although I guess that's the whole point of a good compromise, right? Is that mm -hmm. no one ends up, no one walks away happy. Winston's back in power for now. Mm -hmm. John is alive for now. The high table, by the very strictest definition of the letter of the law, has been satisfied but in spirit it has not right let's let's circle back to uh, there's there are some more plot points that i want to hit but let's circle back to characters and as they come up naturally let's continue to d deep dive into them because i like this okay. uh so going back uh we, we finished up with winston now and the bowery king i guess and the well yeah i guess we finished him up too 
Lance Reddick plays, is it Sharon? Sharon? Well, he called him Karen? Sharon. He called Sharon? him Sharon, but the like the Greek, old Greek, I believe it's pronounced Karen. It's the Karen. same name as the name of the moon of Pluto. Like it's, okay. Or is Roman. Maybe it was ancient Roman. I forget. I love that the other characters just respect him. Yeah, it's funny because <laughs> it's like he's, he clearly answers to management but has management's ear. Yep. But he is... The right hand. A mater d. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like that's typically yeah, yeah. a guy that you you demand respect from, You do that does not command respect of his own accord, right? Right. Like, think about it, Like, I want to talk to a manager, right? You get up in that guy's face and you scream and bitch and moan and whine, right? But he, no one does that shit to him. No, absolutely not. And he's just so friggin' suave. Like, he's... <laughs> I feel like he's another character that when when on screen... And this is what's amazing about him. He does. He says maybe three words. Like, he he can command the screen without words. Yes. And really There's only a, breaks... He only breaks that facade one time. And it's when they the come sigh. back for bigger guns. Yeah, so good. Just the sigh of... So good. <laughs> yeah. And John goes... Armor upgrades, and he just sighs and goes, armor piercing bullets, twelve gauge shotgun. <laughs> that was that was incredible. Yeah, that and I feel like it's almost like they, that's that's a good holding the cards a little close to the chest, right? And they were like, we're gonna play this hand, just when it's right. And they they went two and three quarters movies deep before they let him break just a little bit. And man, did it land? That was a great. Well, he's great another one who is, he's like, they're not asking enough of him. Lance mm-hmm. is a freaking great actor. Um, and they just don't give him much to do. But yeah. he owns every second of what they let him do. Like, he is great on The Wire. Um, and he's in it the whole run of the show. Really, really good actor. Uh, he's in, um, I know I've mentioned it to you before, and I think I mentioned it on the show, um, Corporate, the show on Comedy mm-hmm. Central. He plays... Um, his he played Hampton. I can't remember, or or is it actually? I forgot. Was it Deville? And Hampton Deville is the name of the company, and uh, he he plays the CEO at the company, and he is just so evil. <laughs> the character is just so evil. <laughs> Christian Deville. That's what it was. Um, that's great. But he is so funny because he is the most concentrated, distilled version of the evil CEO of the soulless corporation that you can imagine mm-hmm. like the, the the things that he did there was they were trying to coming up with ways to spice up disaster coverage of their news branch it's like oh could we get a body count counter on the thing you know like yeah and like on this in the bottom corner of the screen <laughs> and there's gonna be a little ding every time the body count oh my up. god <laughs> and like and like he's getting like excited and literally like him and the news director end up be- like having sex right after because the two of them are getting so turned on by how evil and nefarious and gaudy this like production is like he's so good that's great <laughs> that's really funny he he really is he's fantastic uh m- moving on from him and this is this is one that i thought was a little bit of a miss sophia and i'm yeah. curious how you felt about it because uh, and it's not a it's not a knock on holly berry it's not a knock on her acting before i actually think i think her acting chops may have hindered her in the role well, the uh, funny thing is, is she's kind of existed in this space between like high level B list work and low level A list work. 
Uh-huh. Where, like, she's a little too good for the B-list stuff, but maybe can't quite always live up to the A-list stuff. What I'm curious about, it, it almost... And this is the only way... I, I was trying to put my finger on what what it was that was bothering me about it. Like, what was not... it was, Like, her scenes were not connecting the way that the rest of the movie connects. And I was trying to understand what it was, and it almost felt like it's one of two things. Either she didn't watch the first two, and I... I, I don't either that is the case or she doesn't she she wasn't leaning into the camp and figuring out like how her character like every character is unique her character was generic and it it, it just didn't come to like it didn't it didn't fit with the rest of like this over the, anybody that has like main screen time has some big draw to them the draw should have been like this connection with the dogs it, it was almost there it just yes, it didn't, that it didn't was the quite only time that she, you know what it, you know what it was. You're kind of there with the. Did she not see the other movies? Mm-hmm. Everyone else who had prominent scream time was having fun. Yes, with the role they were playing, like because everyone was in on the joke, and mm-hmm. it felt like she wasn't in on the joke. Uh, yes, absolutely. Every single person, even the new arrivals, even. Yep. Uh, what's his name? Um, even Jerome Flynn, Braun, um, as uh, as Barada, even Angelica mm-hmm. Houston, uh, Asia Kate Dillon as the adjudicator. All of them felt like they were in on the joke Absolutely. alongside the people who've been on the series the whole time. She didn't feel like she was part of the joke. Yes, completely agree. And it, it's it and was kind too, of what's the uh, name too? Mark Dis- Mark DeCascos, the Zero, the, uh, the oh my god, the Japanese assassin guy leaned he, like, into it. That's so what I'm saying. Like, everyone felt like they were in on the joke, except for yeah. her. I don't understand how that happens. Like, yeah. And I think that it it's got to probably fall in direction, right? If everyone else is getting, I, yeah, it. Maybe. maybe. I wonder. Or... Some of those scenes felt inconsistent. I wonder if they reshot some of it. It does seem like it might have been the, the. It's the only chunk of the, the. It's a chunk of the movie where the pacing is confusing, and it. Yes. It does this. This particular chunk is what breaks the other two apart, which leads to the confusing factor that you brought up earlier on. Yeah. Like that's the reason that that doesn't flow, and it feels like three is the, the chunk written around her character, didn't fully, make sense in the context of everything else. No, it was a really weird. It. It stuck out a lot in the same way that the, like, Sojourn to whatever that casino planet was, I can't think of, in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. It's just that this was asked to lift a greater weight in the movie because it's a whole act, whereas that was just part of the middle act. And yeah. It was 50% of the middle act, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this yeah. was, like, like, 75, 80% of it, you know what I mean? That, that being said, like... There were some there were some very cool things going on in that sequence. The getting the, I feel like she she kind of she did lean into the action. Yes. Oh no, and she I, she acquitted herself very well in the action scenes. Yeah, and the continuous shot with the dogs was amazing. Well, that's something. Look, let's take let's let's talk about the action for a little bit while we're here. Then because okay, I had sure. a bunch of notes about that because. Do it, it is what these movies are about, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it was really good. They found a way to raise the stakes every movie from one to two, two to three. Yeah. Okay. But before, just because I mentioned the dogs, I just want to point out one thing real quick. In the movie theater, lots of people actually. At the, I was surprised at how full it was. Um, crazy things happen, like full-on close-up knife in the eye, like killing a person yeah, with a book, rough. pulling a toenail off, like really horrible, disgusting things. 
hundreds of people have died at this point in the movie. Uh, the dog gets shot, and everybody in the movie theater went, "Oh!" <laughs> and I thought that was adorable. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I mean, did when it you too. consider where this <laughs> series of movies started, right? Like, yeah. But when when that happened, it should have been, "Oh shit!" Because you know <laughs> that you kill a dog, and it's over. <laughs> and this is the type of movie too that it shows you why the cinema still needs to exist. Because this was a good movie, like, shared communally. Absolutely. Because, yeah, like you said, there were some things where, oh, shit moments where, you know, you hear the gasps throughout the yeah. theater or the, oh, shit, you know? When, <laughs> the, when the knife goes into the guy's eye, I went, no! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, was, out loud. <laughs> I shrunk as small as I could into my seat, like, cringing. Um, but, yeah, uh, so that was what I want to talk about is this continues yeah, yeah. to raise the stakes. And the way they do it is... They keep giving you more of what worked, but they keep yeah. giving you something new. And mm-hmm. there's a few of those things that they, they gave you that were new, which is, is the reason they keep coming back. Because honestly, some of the scenes did get gratuitous in like the length of the action scene, right? Sure. But you can justify it because if you start giving us new, very distinctly new things. The dogs, like, that whole sequence, they did some cool things with the dogs that they've never done before. Yes. The, continu- with, the continuous shot was the, was the key there. The continuous shot, the way they kept flipping the camera around to follow yes. something new and then the dog cuts across the green uh, to you know as it tackles yes. the, it was like awesome that made for a really cool effect um, and culminating with the final thing with the dogs where she's she, standing there and she has the dog jump under her back and yep. leap up so straight cool. that was so cool tackle that dude it was badass yeah. um, the knife throwing the knife wait, throwing wait, wait, wait. fight early in the movie before you get off of the dogs for a second uh, while they were incredible and the fight sequence was amazing, potentially the best sequence with the dog is as it's pulling on the guy's arm and doesn't stop as the scene continues. Oh, yeah. Multiple <laughs> times. Yeah, a couple times where I was like, okay, you can move on to the next guy. That guy is very... And it, it's just going... <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh... Yeah. Sounds like, uh, in mole, in mole rats. What kind of noises would you make? <laughs> That's personal. I don't want to answer that. <laughs> um, and also, you know, the, speaking of things I don't want to talk about, uh, what the dogs did to Bron. Um, <laughs> I have him listed here as, what did I have? Jeremy Flynn played the character Barada, and then I have, in quotes, Fancy Bron. Fancy Bron? Uh, it was weird seeing him with blonde hair again. Uh, I haven't yeah. seen that since his, <laughs> since his pop star days in the 90s. Oh my god. <laughs> You've seen that, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> so weird. I can't reconcile it. Um, but yeah, go moving on. Uh, the knife fight in the beginning when they're when he's running to the like the antique china like yes. store with like all the the old weapons. Also, I love how much time it took him to rebuild a revolver, to then yep. fire the revolver one time and then throw it. Yep. Uh, better yet, a thing that is not done nearly often enough is in the knife throwing sequences. How many knives? didn't land they just bounced off people's heads because it would bounce off people's be... heads off the arms off of glass cases it was great but i've never seen like you know they oh action movies love to make a big deal about oh yeah you know doing the knife throwing things in it they're largely unrealistic which is why seeing it bounce off of it was yep. cool because that is much more realistic um followed up by an axe that is perfectly placed Yes, uh, and I have gone axe throwing before, and he used perfect form, I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have too, and I'm weirdly good at it. <laughs> it. Yeah, I was surprised how good I was at it too. It was, it's, it's a lot of fun. 
Um, what my first weird... one was a bullseye, and I was like, all right. <laughs> Walk off. One yeah. done. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, that was cool as shit. I've never seen yeah. knife throwing like that done before on screen. Like, like just the amount of them, the accuracy and inaccuracy at times, like, kind of added a little bit of the gritty realism to it. But just they did so many cool things. Who throws a knife into who and then yanks the knife back out and throws it back? Like, you know? <laughs> yep. What about um, the book? Yeah, the book. Oh, by the way, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. The first guy who breaks the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Who'll know? Um, that's his so name? I don't know. His name, I have his name here. It was, uh, where are you? Ernest. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter that he's Ernest. He's Boban. Boban Bojanovich. He is an NBA player. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. Yes, I did. Um, so the funny thing is, I can't remember if I told this to you the last time we were recording or it was the time before that, uh, but I heard an interview with him uh, b- before I saw the movie. And it was, bef- it was, I think it was technically even before the movie aired. I, didn't, I had no idea he was in the movie. And, but the show I was listening to, they, it was on the, the, the Dan Levitard show. They, they tracked him down and they found out he was in the movie <laughs> and they talked to him about it. And he's, he was talking about how excited he was to be asked to do it. Cause he loved the first two movies. And he said they were looking for someone who was just going to be huge. He's over seven foot tall. Um, and they called his agent and he asked him, he's like, of course I want to be in this. I love those movies. That's awesome. And I thought that was really cool. Like you get to be That's a big so fan good. of it and then come in it and like get such a unique death, a unique fight sequence. Um, and also I think it was kind of fun parallel watching how small Keanu Reeves looked fighting him and how he had to kind of like slow down at times to let Keanu yeah. like do the things and like kind of hunch down a bit in the fight to like level the playing field. Yeah. It was the same thing that he had to do later in the fight scene at the end when he's back in New York in the Continental and he's fighting the two henchmen of Zero. Oh my god, yes. And he's hunching down so to good. make the fight look convincing. And it just made me think, oh my god, now I want to see these two little guys fighting Boban. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. He just kicks one of them and they go fly. And uh, like he wouldn't, it would like it would just be like a normal kick and it's going to be right to the guy's head. <laughs> before, before I saw the movie, I had uh, there was like a little infographic and it was um, the number of kills... And with what? <laughs> and it was just like, you know, a ridiculously high number and it showed a bullet. And then it was like, uh, one and it showed a book. And I was like, well, this will be fun. And then it said <laughs> three and it showed a horse. And I was like, I can't wait to see how this plays out. And then when we enter the carriage house, I'm like, okay, I guess this is where the horses are going to come in. Never did I imagine that he was going to actually use the horse as a weapon. Not Line the once. guy up. And Not slap twice. the horse's ass. <laughs> yeah, three times. three times. <laughs> well, actually, I guess technically the third guy, he actually did... Dragged, he dragged school, off. Like, like, dragged him, like, in, like, old westerns. Like. Yeah, that was, uh, that was intense. Uh, but yes, that was... He, the the he first one that happens, I go, oh my god. <laughs> I had heard that he did that, and I was like, no fucking way. I gotta see this. I saw yeah. it. Then he does it again. They doubled down on it. They, they wanted to make sure if you missed it the first time, yes... The he used a horse as a weapon. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, yeah, so another thing, yeah. Hor- death by horse. Um, that bridge scene, though. <laughs> now, I actually had a question about that, and I didn't get the chance to look back up the trailer. Wasn't the, in the trailer, wasn't he on the horse during that sequence? Or was he on the motorcycle the whole time? Yeah, on the motorcycle. Oh, because I got disappointed when he got off the horse. I was like, wait, no, I thought the chase scene happens with him on the horse. I guess I misremembered that. They did something with the horse, like, as he left. But, no, the, the bridge scene was on the motorcycle. Yeah, the well, I know it was in the movie, but I don't know why I thought in the trailer he was still on the horse. I think the cl- the cutting. 
the way they cut it, I think it went back and forth a little bit too fast. But um, closing when you see the sign that the bridge is closed, you know, oh, this is gonna be good. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like let's do let's do Keanu Reeves on a like on a highway type situation again. Let's do that. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they, they like that's like a classic trope, but they refreshed it a little bit for this. Yeah. Um, but then the final thing of you know, show me something new for this series was the final battle with the armor where he has to figure out, okay, I'm basically fighting them with paintball guns. Right. I just have to create discomfort and distract them until I can shoot them in the back of the neck or get close enough to lift their visor and shoot them in the face through the visor. Right. What I, is, basically, they were like, let's do the lobby scene from The Matrix, but at level 100. Yes. Right. Yes, it was like playing <laughs> The bad guys are all the... geared up. <laughs> Yeah, you turn the difficulty up, and everyone has shields, and you have to right, shoot right. a hundred times, and they only have to shoot you once, and you die. I, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. I also like that the uh, color palette wise, it also resembled the Matrix in those scenes. I thought that was yeah, really cool. a little uh, darker, dark. Oh yeah, but uh, still the green, the green's very prominent. Uh, yes, yes. What my favorite thing though, which I believe is also an homage to the Matrix, the only way for them to pull off bullet time in this movie is to do it underwater. And I thought that was amazing. Yes, yeah, that was I think cool. that I believe that that was intentional. I, I could be wrong, but I, I, I'm going to continue to believe that that was the intent. <laughs> well, I mean, why wouldn't they do a nod to it? Because they did the exact same thing when 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 him and Winston have joined back forces again. And he says, what do you guns. need? And he goes, guns. Lots of guns. <laughs> so good. that When they play doing that in the trailer was a, was a really great, that was a great move. Yes. I appreciated that. Oh my god. They, okay, well, on the topic of action sequences, uh, the fight in the glass room, it goes on a little too long, which is fine. Yes. Uh, it goes on a little too long, but the it was so... Com- the the mixing in the comedy with it, and, and again, they lean into the decisions they make. They double down on the decisions they make, which, you know, it, when he fights Zero and Kanji Club, it's... <laughs> Like it, it, like that was that was really cool. Like first he's fighting Hossie the two guys. Leech. <laughs> they they uh, when they when they're fighting and he, they they let him up a couple times right because they they've got the better of him because he's exhausted still. Right off the beginning, they like they yeah. could have literally ended him right then and there, and they're like, no no no, let's try this again. Well, I, this is gonna be important, and here's why. So he I, again he amazing. Then he pulls off his belt. He's like, okay, I'm going to use this. I'm like, this is just going to get better. And then they fight and they fight and they fight. And then he finally knocks them down and doesn't kill them. And this is the start of the army that he's going to build in the fourth movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting my money on it. <laughs> well, true. And, you know, if you think about the way that, like, old, like, sorry, medieval times type, like, like questing. And, then, and you see it sometimes in the video, right? Like, he killed their leader, so now they have to follow him. Like they have to pledge their lives to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that, the him, the, the leader was Zero being so in, like amazed at being in the same room as him was. It just didn't get old. It was so after funny. he tried so hard to kill him and yep. seemed so like I mean he like he showed a bit of respect right yeah um, when he was talking to the adjudicator and he's like you know I've been looking forward to this whatever but it seems like it's like. A very malicious thing. And then for it to turn out... No, no, He's a huge fanboy. Yep. Like an actual, like, giddy fanboy. It's that like was... It's like us, like, meeting, like, our famous, like... Or, like, our favorite, like, actor. Or, like, like, like 
like athlete or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And it was it, he was just so funny. And at the in the end, when he's got the sword through him and he's kneeling down, he goes, "That was a good fight, right?" <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, a good fight. Was. All right, you go ahead. I'll I'll catch up to you. No, you won't. No, <laughs> and then he just dies. It was it was actually really sad. It was a little sad. Um, and it's great because it kind of does feel too like it's it's following on and continuing to raise up from what happened in the last like where, where, yeah. where he stabs Common and he says you know I'm doing you a favor yeah. and then when he stabs um, what's her name Ruby Rose when she, the same thing like the, like just the the importance of that drawn out of a fight where like the people that he respected the most uh, or who got the best fight out of him ended all the same way right they all yeah. end up getting stabbed in the chest mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i don't I, I don't know why it seems like that's a like a through line like it's that's apparently a, just a thing thematic thing i uh, i guess it's probably the intimacy of it right i guess so it, it, it makes sense they're, they are close there's cutting them through the heart like you mm-hmm. know that the, that there there probably is something there that i can't quite well yeah, define. yeah I, I think you are right and that it is the intimacy thing i what movie was it where the so I forget what movie it was, but they talk about the knife, like the knife being more intimate, and I think it's in more in a comedy setting. But it's still, it's I, I, you are right, uh, man. That's zero. What a what a what a that was just such a silly. By guy the way, here. do you know who that guy is? Uh, he looked familiar. I know. I looked up his name. I didn't look up what else he's in though. See, I looked him up because I thought he was from Kill Bill. Actually, I told you that I thought he was from Kill Bill. Yes. Um, and I was wrong. And when I was looking at that, I scrolled right over, didn't even process it in my mind for whatever reason. And so a friend of the podcast, Caleb, um, who hopefully will be listening to this episode because me and him were talking about this tonight, um, mentioned to me, he is the, was it the chairman or whatever, I forget what his title is, in Iron Chef America. All the variations oh my God. of Iron Chef America. He's the guy who like unveils like the competition or whatever. That's really funny. Oh my God, yeah, that's I hysterical. Had, I had no idea. That's great. That's great. Uh, it's, fun, it's funny because we had the conversation and he's like, he's a guy from Iron Chef. And I immediately thought of the actual original Japanese Iron Chef. And I was like, no. No, he's not. <laughs> that guy had way more hair. <laughs> also, so, he did the, uh, he did the uh, Michael Jackson white glove thing. Although I think he had two white gloves, not just one. But yeah, no, he did like, it was, it was a whole weird thing. I used to watch the old... At like, at like two in the morning when I was in high school. It was Excellent. <laughs> There's a whole story. It's not a good story, but there's a whole story. It's a time in my life. It, it, it was very much a time of my life. It was seven days in hell. <laughs> uh, the, so, flip, I'm going to flip back to characters for a minute. Uh, Angelica Houston's character, the director. Another that she she wasn't in the previous one, was she? No. Okay, so this was her 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 debut. And uh, what I thought was interesting about it was the they do the, some more world building. We get the, the whole idea of the ticket and punching the ticket, the safe passage, and that we find it it's this cross. I liked that her sentence wasn't as strong as like being you know taken out of power because technically she followed the rules, and I yes. I like that they played to that. Yeah, because she he says you know you're bound to do this, and she goes, and you think that means anything? You're excommunicado, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but some things are stronger than right. 
That's so that and I just I love that. I just love that they were like, hey, we got we have rules and you have to figure them out as you watch these movies because they're very interesting. <laughs> Although I, I, I do say there is a bit of a missed opportunity for just utilitarian um, function by him at that point because it was that was the scene right after he got the very poor stitch job. Oh which my can God. we just talk about the fact uh, like like that guy could have just killed him when the time ran out, right? No, but that this is the legend. This is the John Wick legend. It's, and not only does he choose, him. not only does he choose not to kill him, he could have just let him walk away. No, no, you shoot have to me shoot me twice, twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, One's but, not going to be enough. Yeah, one, yeah, one might not be enough. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I love how he shoots him so conveniently in his own chair, so he can then immediately start working on himself. Yep. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> When she does the brand, I'm thinking, man, why would you not have her brand me on the spot of where I had really badly done stitches on this very deep wound that those stitches didn't mm. actually stop? He has to be internally bleeding if it was oh, such absolutely. a bad yeah. stab. Like, I would have had her brand me there. Like, can we... If not, then by the bit? end. <laughs> What's that? If not, then by the end. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. We could have solved it. We could have killed two birds. You could have branded me. You could have healed me up. Do a little extra favor. Uh, maybe that would have gotten her kicked out, though. That might be too much. Uh, that uh, Speaking of those dishes opening up, at the end, <laughs> when he takes his dive off of the building... Which, how? Okay. What I love about that scene... Now... He fell was, the fucking Flatiron building, guys. I was talking to Chris about this, and he didn't see it this way. Winston tells him to go that way because of the things that will break his fall. Yes... Although, it does feel like John doesn't actually realize that. Oh, like, I, think I think he does. I No, I think it's... He sold the look of surprise just a little too well. Where I I think in retrospect, he realizes that's what happened. But in the moment, mm. I don't think he actually does. Yeah, but he but there's the trust between the two characters, so he, he went with it. He does take a leap of faith off the building. Yes... But I don't know if he realizes in the moment that it's by design. I think when he maybe. plays it back in his head, he probably realizes yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Maybe he, maybe he does it. But, I, but it in was the moment, design, I think though. there's genuine fear. Like, wait, no, no, no. We just, after all we just went through, after everyone, we just, we just yeah. shot up in your hotel. You were just excommunicated. You're going to turn on me that fucking quick. Yeah. I, that's why it, it is intentional. That, no, I agree. It definitely yeah. was. I just don't know if in the moment if he realizes Which it. makes it, it does make it more exciting. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, he might not, but he the, I think he does to some degree. He knows he knows that he has to go that way because Winston gave him the clue, but he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, and he doesn't know exactly how it's going to play out. But, uh, man, we did not get enough of Manzukis. <laughs> no, I was, I was expecting a little bit more. And that was originally that that first line of his was originally how I was going to do it until I realized it lined up perfectly with the Coe and Cambria thing, and I snuck it in. As we were segueing earlier, you heard me, right? Yeah. No time for dilly-dally, Mr. Wick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Tick-tock, tick-tock. Uh, I love him. I adore oh, yeah. no, Jason Manzikas. Uh, uh, him rolling him in in the shopping cart was actually pretty great. <laughs> At the end. That was, that was cool. And then seeing all the cuts on Fishburne were pretty awesome. Uh, and, and, uh, going back to that, we, when we alluded to it a little bit, but I was very confused. It looked like they killed him. And yes. then he wasn't dead, which yeah. I'm fine with, but but yeah. I was confused in the moment, right? Because they're like seven cuts, and I was like, oh, they're just going to get him worse than they got the director, right? Right. Um, but then he just drops, and then they like 
pan out and walk away, and he's motionless. I was like, oh. Yeah. Well, I guess that kind of makes sense, because they also just murdered his entire network, but also, I guess, didn't Seemed aggressive. murder his entire network. Again, it's just a little bit inconsistent Yeah. for me. It's fine. It's not a big deal. It's just It was just a little weird. Yeah. I agree with you. It was a li- it was off. Um, it almost it almost seems like it, some of that stuff was at the time where they said this was the last one, and then they were like, "Yeah, we we'll, we can we can stretch this a little bit more because there's more we want to do, and we could bring him back. He's not he doesn't have to be gone." <laughs> yeah, it, it could be one of those they shot some of it before they had fully 100 percent finalized it, and then in the moment they realized, okay, we can leave this in, and it's yeah, it's a, it's a little bit ambiguous, but it's not too big of a deal. Right, yeah, and it's it's very possible. It's, it could be what, what happened there. Uh, going back to the characters, now, uh, Asia K. Dillon playing the Adjudicator. This character is new. This character is is probably, the, is it the first piece of, like, new world building that we get in the movie? I don't well, remember. Well, there's the whole thing with the director, and there was the whole thing with the man pulling the strings of the high table. Right, the elder. Yes. But we got the adjudicator before that, didn't we? We yeah. got the adjudicator oh, but... early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant was it the only big part? Oh of no, no, no. Sorry, no, it's, but it's the, the first. It's the first one that we get in the movie. Yes, because they show up pretty early. Yeah. It, it, now, yeah, it's it's so it's interesting that character. They walk around with this, <laughs> the the gloves out. I don't know what it was. It was haunting. Like this. Never actually wearing the gloves. No, right? never wears the gloves. Just holds them. It made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> and I don't know why. <laughs> just like holding the gloves and like... The adjudicator is not afraid of anyone. Because they work for the table. Yes. Although it's funny because it feels like they were just living off of the name recognition. Right where it's like... You know who I am. Don't fuck with me. But yes. that should have applied to Santino as well. And you see how that worked out for him? Right, right. Well, and then there also comes the point where I said earlier that it seems like the table, to some degree, is shaking their boots a little bit. And you only get that in little pieces from the adjudicator. But at the very end, when they realize John is not on the street, that's when the fear comes out. And that's what makes me say that this, is what, this whole thing was fear built the whole time. And building yeah, up. Yeah, well, and... the the thing I'll say is where the mo- in the moment where they should have felt some of that fear and didn't display it was in the in the first meeting with the Bowery King, mm-hmm. when he says, "I don't answer to your authority. I didn't swear." I am else. the League of Shadows. Yeah, because <laughs> that's before Zero's men kills all right. of the the in, the informants and whatever. So. They're surrounded by them. They could have just overwhelmed them, killed them all there, right? You yeah. Know, like, they. I feel like they should have tr- tread a little bit more carefully there. Probably, probably. And, and didn't, which was a little surprising to me. Yeah, there's a there's a little bit of cockiness in the character, and it, it's fun to see the character break by the end and, and see the fear. Yeah, we're calling up Winston. Yeah, uh, it was kind of great too. That whole thing, you know, sitting upstairs drinking the tea, you know. Calling up, and he just hangs up on him. Like, oh my god, that was so good. That was so good. Uh, Winston in the Winston in the safe, and clicking the button to close the door. Like I don't know why. But again, because the man just commands the room. Yeah, it's so such a great scene. Um, and also good for good for Ch- Sharon. 
I'm, I'm still not sure where we settled on that. Yeah. Um, um, good for him. You know, not not ever really doing anything. This his whole little strike force gets shot up immediately, and he sticks it out his whole way. He gets he gets shit done. Yeah. Yeah. He goes out there. He shoots him up a little bit. He's no John Wick, but he he carries his own weight. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but I would say uh, the adjudicator is the is the most new character that fits immediately in, and like uh, counter to uh, Sophia, like doesn't the character didn't fit exactly right. This that's one, what I was saying. I, w- I agree. It's so weird, like because both of them gifted with a fair amount of screen time. Yeah. Um, one of them feels very much like they are in on the joke, and one of them very much did not. Yeah. Because um, Adrian Dill, Dillon did a, a, a and they're and like they're a good actor like they in billions. Mm-hmm. Taylor Mason, good character, good job, just like intimidating in the same way with this that air of superiority and so very rarely lets it slip. Yeah, because they're kind of always in their element. Yeah, same in in uh, uh, Orange is the New Black. It's a character that I don't love but played very well. And it's intentional. You're not supposed to like the character. <laughs> yeah. Um, fun little uh, random character, Robin Lord Taylor, uh, the administrator, when um, the adjudicator calls and pronounces the uh, the hotel as deconsecrated. Deconsecrated. <laughs> Which was another, that was another world building piece that was added. That's a thing that can happen. And seeing everybody trying to check out really fast was hysterical. Mm. Uh, but the that uh, actor plays Penguin. In... Oh, you know, I thought he looked familiar, and I couldn't tell, and I didn't get a chance to look him up. Yeah, plays Penguin in Gotham. Uh, the only character that we haven't touched on that I have on my list is the Elder. Oh, he was in The Walking Dead too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He was in the with the uh, the people that eat people. Right? I think he was in that whole thing. Yes, I think I he's think the so. one that, that gets bled out in the in the tub. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers for several seasons ago of a bad show. Oh. Um, also, I did think it was a little odd that I think he's the only guy amongst all of those ministers. Everyone else is a woman in those. Oh. In that office. Yeah. Also, I love that they kind of recreated the aesthetic of early seasons of Archer. Yeah. Where it's incredibly high-tech. But all of it is old technology. Yep. With the old ass like black with green like like command line prompts yeah, on like things the computer, are on like, like tape. Yeah, stuff on <laughs> yeah. tape. Like, it's literally that uh, that anachronistic aesthetic yeah. from the first few seasons of Archer, where they have like GPS and all this cool stuff, but all the computers and everything is like 1980s era. <laughs> yeah, it just shows the age of. Like this whole world that they built. It's just so I, I weird that, that like they they have those two things where it's like you know like you know like they have to put it up on a chalkboard. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, they shoot out and you watch it like spit out like line by line on the computers like auto calls a bunch of smartphones to put out this contract information. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, I think it's kind of funny that every woman working in there, whether they be twenty years old or eighty years old, all of them have tattoos. Yeah. Every single one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so like it's the only like I said the only other character on my list here is the elder. Um, correct my pronunciation. Is it Saeed Tagmawi? Sure. Uh, 
That was character in, uh, was Wonder, interesting. He was in Wonder Woman, right? Was he? he yeah, he wasn't. I don't, the, I don't one remember. Of the, one of the guys in the in the crew. Maybe the the sniper. No, not the sniper was um, that you and Bremer, I think. The other guy. He was Samir. Samir. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, that character was interesting. How did you feel about this one person sitting above the table? It seemed cool, a little bit, like they were building up a little bit more, but it, there was something about that whole thing in the desert and the one guy that is somehow in charge that didn't fully connect the way that the other rules work. Yeah, well, the thing is, I liked the idea of this shadowy man behind the shadowy table. But I feel like they either needed to do a lot more or a lot less with him. That's fair. I feel like we needed to get more time to kind of get the gist of it. Because it's kind of weird. Like, he's just in the middle of it and there's people there and it's like... They should have camera behind him, not shown him. Maybe. That's one way. That's one way. Well, no, I actually feel like... Either you should have got to spend a little bit more time with him to get a better picture of how it works. Yeah. Or... You never actually see him at all. Right, and you just and know of this other presence. Yes. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you on that. Serious. I either needed much more detail or much less because I think if they could, they could have done it even in like the like think like V for Vendetta when um, when he's interrogating her, fake mm-hmm. interrogating her. If you got one of those things where it's like, but only a couple of lines and you never see him, and it's like. Or, like, if they, you see him, like, as he's, like, fading in and out of consciousness, like, him being, like, and you see people, like, come around, like, you know, you hear a voice, like, bring him before me or whatever, and, yeah, yeah. and, you know, and you never actually see him, and then he wakes up, and, like, there's a set of instructions there or something like that. Yeah, but that you could, never have a conversation. You are, you are right. It's, it's, they either needed more or less. It was, it was just, it was a little strange. It was one of the only things that, I was just like it. It was also in that weird pacing portion of the movie where it was just like, yeah, ah, something's just not quite right here. But we immediately get back into it. Yeah, it's just it was just kind of random. Like this, just guy hiding in the middle of the desert is yeah the most powerful in charge of everyone. Like, why does everyone answer to this random yeah. guy who's only got like four people working for him? Like, you know what I mean? How like, do I find him? Look to the stars and keep walking, and when you're about to die, walk a little bit more. What? <laughs> I was actually okay with that part. I was that, okay that, with that. That's that, but that, that's that's one. It was still a mystery. Yes. I was like, okay, and then you see him walking in the desert. It's like, oh, we're doing this. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is it was like, it sounded like a like a rhetorical philosophical thing. Yeah. But then the just the then it got very specific. It was like. Follow the North Star and walk to like the thirty fifth latitude. And, right, right. It's like you don't you want me to pretend like we're we're having this the conversation started with that this guy is a hypothetical that we're kind of having this philosophical like stand in like allegorical stand in for God right like does he really exist is there a man pulling all the strings to oh yeah just walk out to, to the desert like east for like. 12 hours and like, like you'll be pretty close they'll figure out they'll find you they'll come grab so like anyone couldn't find me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that was yeah that was a little weird and that but the what about then cutting his finger off like a ball so i guess he had two options he could either cut his finger off or break his hand is that what we decided i was a little unsure of that as well because i saw the two things and the 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 chisel i guess that he ended up using 
I didn't realize that's what it was at first. Mm. Like the other thing is like okay, that's some sort of bludgeoning weapon, I think, or is yeah. that a is that a cup on top? of I it? thought it was the hammer for the chisel, and I was like, I don't know how this is gonna work. He needs another hand for that. Right, that's why I was confused. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe take a. Toe. And he was like, I don't have time for this. And he just <laughs> cut his finger off, and I went, Oh no! Okay. <laughs> I guess there's something to that, right? Where it's the you know. Just the you know, my, I my path is so righteous that I can just slice my finger right off clean with one shot. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, it sounds like fingers aren't that hard to remove. If, so a lot of conversation around the time of The Walking Dead when the governor bit off Merle's finger. Uh, um, yeah, the science behind that came out and it was very disturbing. Apparently, it takes about the same amount of force it takes for you to bite through a carrot. Right, that was the that was the last episode of MythBusters before it got canceled. Was it really? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but the he cuts his finger off. He holds his finger up, and then he takes the ring off the long way, which made the scene so much worse. Like it could have went the other way, and it would have just been over. But it just slowly gets removed. It was just uncomfortable. <laughs> How many times did they have to shoot that? Where the first time he hit the ring. And it like ah! <laughs> Fuck that really hurt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That yeah, that was I'm sorry. Um that's all I have for characters. Let me go I have a I have a list of world building here, make sure we touched on all of these. We have Rules and Consequences was the name of the game. I actually thought that was pretty cool. The adjudicator was the new uh character, one of the new characters along with the director. Two big new characters that were brought in um to show I think increased scale a little bit. And also show how these consequences get paid in full. Um, the one who's also, still at the just table. A, just, a se- just a second while we're talking yeah. about actions and consequences and rules. Um, I, I dug the whole amnesty thing where the guy killed his own guy in Casablanca. Yeah, that was cool. Even that yeah. guy. Like, that guy leaned into, the, into it more than... Like, he was more in it than Sophia. Yes, 100%. Oh, yeah, that was a shame. Uh, no, that was really... That was pretty crazy. Uh, okay, so yeah, rules and consequences. Adjudicator, the one who sits above the table, the ticket, and and punching the ticket for safe passage. That was interesting. Um, getting branded with it, I guess, to show that you've punched your ticket. They brought back the blood oath. Was it called the blood oath? The marker. The marker. They brought those back. That was cool. Um, that- they brought it back. It was funny. I was a little surprised that they brought it back with that, and then reinforced it when Barada talked about not only do we make the coins here we make the markers yeah, as well yeah that was cool like, it was hard to track down the first one that, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty awesome that's that's again one of those kind of it's like almost a throwaway line but it's effective world building yeah absolutely and then the deconsecration and the reconsecration of <laughs> an establishment that was another fun thing I mean cool. with how ridiculous the deconsecration is I feel let down that we didn't get a undeconsecration. Oh my god! Well, <laughs> you know what was great about that is that was the first. Uh, what the other things that happened in the second movie uh, with Winston being taken a step down, when those things were called in, there was no hesitation. It was business as usual. When deconsecration was called in, there was just a very minor hesitation. Like, oh, this doesn't happen. Shit's going down. Like, oh, do we even do we have to dust off that rule book? Like, do right. we even have a protocol for that? Well, yeah. How do I how do I do a deconsecration? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So that was yeah, that's the uh that was the last new piece that I have in here. I guess taking your finger and something about giving your ring to the elder. I don't know. Uh weird mallet <laughs> branding, things like that. Uh well it wasn't about giving the ring, it was about <laughs> It, like the price that you have to pay to be able yeah. to continue to remi- remember your wife is that you have to give up your last tie to her. Right. A um, couple of scenes I have written down here. I believe we went through most of them. Uh, time running out. That was actually, that was pretty intense. When the when the clock is about to strike and the doctor immediately stops and then we get, then we get the fun scene. That was pretty cool. Uh, Jaws trying to kill him early. Uh, close. Jaws. <laughs> The, the closed bridge was pretty great. The continuous shot. Reparations. The Bowery King getting his sli- his, his slices and the uh, the director getting run through. Uh, how about this great scene? Uh, when he says Parabellum. And I went, ah, you said it. That was good. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Uh, we got their lobby scene. Homage. Winston in the safe. Just absolute, just solid gold. Uh, the mirror room. Oh, and the rooftop. Yeah, that's pretty much. Those are all the scenes that I had ready to to discuss. We we, we did that pretty naturally throughout. <laughs> talking about the characters. Uh, what else? Do you have anything else? The only other thing I I think I think that if for whatever reason they couldn't make another one, that this still works very effectively as a finale, even mm-hmm. having the slightest bit of cliffhanger at the end. But yeah. that if they want to continue on and do another one. It still sets itself up for something to continue on that won't be totally ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Which is is a nice balance. I yeah, I completely agree. It's uh, I. They just did. They 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 deserve the props. Like they did a really good job with this series so far, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to more, or not. <laughs> but also also don't forget, supposedly there, there's still that show. Oh right, right. The continent, and when that's gonna, uh, where in the timeline that is would be interesting. I it's weird that we haven't heard anything about that for a long time now. Yeah, I wonder if that's still a thing. It's probably still a thing. Sweet. All right. Well, that's it then. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to discuss or nuggets for us to talk about, you can send those requests to Flicks in the Six at SpinTune.com or tweet us at the SpinTune with the hashtag FLI6. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. And I'm Al Thanks for coming out. <laughs>